as a youngster, I saw and witnessed and felt things that no child should ever go through. With a childhood filled with so much pain, the one thing I can remember that made me happy was going out for food. It's embarrassing to talk about because you're completely lost self-control. Packs of biscuits, all the fizzy drinks you could ever imagine. Four jam sandwiches, not just one at night time. It's pints of milk. I was out of breath walking 10 yards and I thought, this is, this is fucked. I felt like I was going to have a stroke at any moment. I've been to the gym, not even got out of the car, bruv. Too embarrassed to even go in or not feeling it. If you're a baker sandwich, yes, it'll literally give you an erection. Cakes from a bakery, that's my kryptonite, Jesus Christ. Love a cake. As you have your steak, what's your favourite takeaway? Sticky toffee pudding or chocolate brownie? McDonald's or Burger King? Cricket or rugby? I had a very good level of rugby, but cricket's my love, bro. More than food? No. <laughs> <laughs>
And obviously, as you would know, back in the, those days, the courts would always give it to the mum. That was a difficult time at various points. Um, my dad was a good, he still is a good man. Um, yeah. And so I was juggled between the two of them for, till I was 14, 15 and just went, went about my, went about my work and just stumbled through to my late twenties where I've found myself doing what I'm doing now. So your mum and dad split up when you was <coughs> around one or two. Yeah, about that. Yeah. In and my you, young years. You, you said you jumped between the two, but you, you your mum had full custody. Correct, mate. Yeah. Worst thing the courts ever did. Oh, really? Yeah. So out the two, you favour your dad? Yeah, for sure. My mum, I find it difficult talking about this because she's, she's still alive and I ain't spoke to her for eight years, 10 years, so she maybe can see this. I don't give a shit. But yeah, she was a um, very volatile woman and still is. I, I won't go into too much sort of graphic detail, but as a youngster, I saw and witnessed and felt things that no child should ever go through. And it's only actually, weirdly enough, Liam, it's only now I've got a son of myself that I know and it pains me even more as an adult. It's weird. Do you know what I mean? Now you actually understand how unacceptable it actually was. But luckily, we got through that. Like little things, like she, I think she's a, um, the worst type of epileptic. Big drug problem, I, I think. Certainly drink. No everyone's got their stories. Not as this matters, right? But you've got to play your, your, your cards you're dealt. But I mean, being like a child, maybe to say seven or eight years old, trying to resuscitate your mum at three o'clock in the morning because the neighbours come around, like... There's real heavy stuff. Like I did at the time, I didn't know if she was dead, whatever. Like, I was just mad. I got ne- going to school next day, like nothing happened. It was weird. Like really heavy stuff. The worst possible stuff. And that's without going to all the other things that were going on, which you can probably imagine. You know, you're 35 now. Mm. You look like you're living a very nice, enjoyable life. And I didn't know this about your childhood. It's inspiring, the fact that you're doing so well now. Mm. I actually look at it now fondly. Weird. It's like I've, I've got a, I've got my set of cards, which has given me a, a mindset now, I look back on it like, yeah, come on, I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for that. It's a weird, it's a weird relationship. I've got to be obviously very upset with some of the things we went through, but I'm actually like, it is what it is. What it is. And I wouldn't be doing it now without it. Some of the most troubled people in the world are the most inspired and driven and relentless people you're ever going to meet in your life. Yeah, it's yeah. a blessing. It's, it's how you look at things. Like I, I'm, I could be a victim, but that's why I don't want to go into too much detail. It's kind of irrelevant. No one gives a shit really. But how you fucking get up and carry on. Well, you'll be amazed how many people do give a shit. Yeah, I know. But just at the same time, for my own story, yeah. in here, my little internal reactor here, I use it as a positive, bro. Like it's, um, I mean, in a way I'm thankful. It's a psychotic mm. thing to say. I'm thankful for it. Those mental scenes where you're trying to like fucking pump in your mom's chest, you don't know what's going on. Six years old, it's disgusting, love. And this, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I don't want to go into too much, but like the most horrible things you ever, fit, ever think of. Was that because she was drunk? Yeah, or drunk or whatever else. Just, I don't know. Happened maybe 200 times. Wow. Yeah. So that was a, a repetitive thing you had to yeah, go through. Yeah, find your mum, do you think he's dead 200 times and come back to me? It's fucking mad shit, bro. Yeah, that is not nice, man. No, yeah. you don't understand. Well, you're a kid, bruv. So I was there by myself too. So an ambulance you take away, I was just, cool, I'll get myself up in one July. Dive into that bit deeper. There's a few episodes where she was beyond a mad one. So get in a fucking car, like drunk or whatever, and take me with her. And I'll be like fucking crying my eyes out in the back thinking she's going to do us both. But at the same time, I feel lucky for it because it's given me this like, fuck you resilience now as a man that's probably my driving force to do what I'm doing now. No one can say fuck all when you've been through that sort of shit. It's weird. No. Like some days I'd rather she just died once than I wouldn't have to go for every, yeah. no, for the rest of it for years. Now that I can relate to. So yours and your mum's relationship, mm. I absolutely, I can't relate to. It sort of, it hits there because, <coughs> because I'm such a mummy's boy. But I can totally get when you've been through so much devastation, mm. you get to a stage where, well, now nothing can hurt me. 
Nothing's ever going to... It's exactly what I'm saying. Nothing's going to take me that deep, that dark ever again. Good luck trying. This is exactly what I'm saying. This is my shield. Good, yeah. good luck getting through it. Yeah, I would have had... And I would have... Because you... Well, you are. You're, you're a big, strong, solid, responsible, accountable man. Mm. I would never, ever have known that you had a dysfunctional childhood because that is... There's, 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 it's abusive, isn't it? Yeah, I witnessed other things with men and things I don't want to particularly talk about, like I said earlier, but it's just vile fucking shit, bro. And did did nobody else know about that? No, no one. You're probably the sixth person in the world that knows. And, and, and you're not watching home. Yeah. And no uh, one knows. It's like my little fucking secret that it's like my inner thing that I just I use it as my battery. It's got worse recently, like may I add. Now I've had my son myself. It's like I can't fucking look at him and think, how could anyone treat a little boy like that's mad. You got worse and worse until I was about 14. The older I got, the worse it got. Till I left and went and moved to my dad. You, was, you, you, you escaped that environment? I literally escaped a moving car to get away from her. Tell me about that. I got in a big punch up at school and got suspended. I won, by the way. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she picked me up and in a moving car, she said, if you want to fight someone, just fight me now. And so I, so it was a full, we had a full fight in the uh, in a moving vehicle. So I jumped, jumped out of the car, ran to the hospital. And phone my dad and he picked me up and never went back. That was it. Boom. And you moved straight in with your dad? You're correct. We and did have a relationship after that, but I'll never speak to her again. So since 14, you've... We've had we've had contact over the years, probably maybe like eight years ago, maybe or seven years ago, last time I spoke to her. So then you're now living with your dad at 14, 15. Yeah. And then between like your, your later teens... Yeah, what interesting thing was living with my dad. He's a owns a fishing tackle shop. He's a uh, an international fisherman, good morals, works hard. And he, he taught me a lot. Some things he didn't teach me very well, but in terms of working hard and showing up and doing your thing and earning a pound note, I'm very thankful that I had that time with him. I really am. Because he comes from a sort of a Jewish background. Both his sisters have done very well. They're very entrepreneurial. Maybe not to the extent of like building an empire, but certainly building a, a, a shop, a business that's earning good money for your, your little ecosystem. It's powerful stuff. It's very underrated, I think. And that's what he taught me. So, but still, it did take me a long time to sort of work out that I was capable of trying even. Mm. Even putting yourself in the ring to go, come on, then let's have a go. That sort of, over the course of three or four years, manifested and grew so aggressively that I had to then do it. It wasn't an instant like, come on, then let's have a go. It was not, that was not my, not my story. It was very lost and insecure, low in confidence. And it took me some time to get there. So from 15 to 20, your old man, I'd imagine, become your best friend as well. Yeah, he's brilliant. And you, he's absolutely brilliant. And he mentored you. Kind of, yeah. With more of his actions than his voice. Led by example. Yes, correct. Yeah. So 15 to 20, your dad's a mentor. He's leading you in the right direction. Yeah. Leading by example, which is great. The whole ethos of the family was, it, the more I understood, I, I feel very grateful that I had him and that side of the family to, to guide me, they're, they're really inspirational, bro. Like, it's, you've got a sister in Australia, she's very so hyper successful. Like, when you go on there and all that little bit, very lucky again to have those experiences, but she's again fantastic. So, in that regard, I was very lucky to be shown this other light, which I thought was never possible for people where I've come from. Was it in a state you grew up on? Yeah. I just, it, I'd never thought that that was a possibility for us. And I was, I'm very, 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 very thankful to uh, that. Um, window into what was possible. Yeah, thank God you made that leap from mum to dad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Out of a moving car, 60 mile an hour. Yeah, it was, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. The thing is as well, she had me when she was young and I respect things happen, people fuck up. I'm, I get that. I'm not here to judge really. But all I know is that I was a very unloved little fucking little fella just crying out to be loved by his mum. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not here to judge. She had her own problems. That's fine. I've got my own problems too. So have you. So there's a lot of people watching this right now. No one's perfect. I'm not here to judge really, but I'm just telling you what it was like. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is this is your story. So it's, yeah. all, it's all relevant. It's all important. And spe- especially that it's moulded you into yeah. like the resilient man you are today. And there yeah. ain't nothing going to knock you down now. Weirdly, I'm thankful, mate. It's the, it's the biggest fucking paradox ever. Because I know I wouldn't be doing this now with this mindset without it. But it was like moving after that, moving into my sort of my teens and that. I always, I always had this fucking like want or some sort of like knowledge. That I think I had something capable in me. Mm. But I was just so lost and f- lacking in confidence that I just I sort of gave up, mate. It was like, like I was till about 27, 28. I thought, do you know what? I, I can't be doing this anymore. I was in a minimum wage job terminating cables in a fucking port cabin. I was just, they always used to laugh at me because I'd be coming up with these mad ideas on lunch breaks, talking about how we could try and make some money doing this while we're here doing this. It was a £6.50 an hour job. And um, I always remember they laughed at me saying, you're different, bro. You're different. Like, you'd, no, we're not talking about the same stuff you're talking about. Now that like grew in the seed and I started getting some confidence from it. And it was only until I was 28, 29 when it really started building. So they don't fuck this, I'm going to quit my job and start my own thing. So, so even, even your 20s, it still had a knock-on effect. I was absolutely useless. In every job I ever had, I was... Terrible. So that abusive home life. Yeah. How did that affect your schooling? I tried not to let it affect it. I was very angry, got in a lot of fights and a bit of trouble because I didn't know how to, you know, to control my temper. But other than that, I tried to be a good, good man always. Like she, through their faults, I got taught good manners and respect. And I, I always tried to be polite to the teachers and whatever else. I was always good. Like that wasn't a, some sort of rogue tearaway. Mm. But I'd love a fight if someone wanted it. That was a, that was definitely coming from past trauma but mm. um largely I was all right about well, I was not very clever like a bit, bit like terrible grades at school did you yeah not by lack of trying just not very clever and that's in that regard but when the social media stuff started coming out people could start a little Facebook page selling their little um bits or bobs their home bakes their products their new t-shirts they're printing like you know look at the Gymshark story all that sort of stuff it kind of leveled the playing field it didn't have to be some sort of lawyer to get a good job anymore anyone could fucking do their own thing now that was that was that was new at the time so I saw that sort of stuff and I thought to myself, you know, if I leveled up my uh, skill set a little bit, did a bit, a bit of work and stuff, I thought, just give this social media stuff a crack. And so, so I started a couple of businesses doing that. Slowly from that, it grew and grew and grew. And we did a little few little projects. Some failed, some didn't. Learned lessons, evolved. And we're here. So what about you? So you, you, you t- your early 20s, before, before, yeah. before we get into when you launched yourself into social media. Yeah. And so be- and become the food review guy. Just a just a little give us a build up. I'll go for it. So went to university through. So after I went to college, did like one year, got some Mickey Mouse certificate, which allowed me to apply through clearance to university just to play rugby. I'm a big rugby player and still love cricket as well. Love my sport. Somehow I got into through clearing to go to university. So right up, fuck up, because I'm thick as fuck. But I got in somehow. Just loved the rugby side and the boozing side. Hated the work. Got kicked out of uni. Of course, it's going to happen. It was in- inevitable. It's quite, it's quite funny though. No one in my family talks about it. They know they didn't go to an award ceremony, whatever you want to call it, where you get your out and that. But I just, it's, it's never happened. Um, went to Australia for six months to play cricket. That was great. Came back and I thought, right, it's now it's time to to get your head down and try and work. If you went away for six months to play cricket, no, you obviously no. played it at a sensible I did, level. I did, county cricket, yeah. Because Martin Ford, yeah, the man yeah, mountain. Yeah. He's played, I think I've played against Martin Ford. We used to play for Knotts or Leicester and I've played a game against him. I remember him. I think we've had a we had a, a under nineteen or under twenty three game against each other. He was a quick bowler. He was a bowler. Yeah, before he got put on his size, he was just bowled pretty pretty uh, pretty good. But I love cricket, bro. That's my true. That was one of my true passions. Cricket or rugby? 
out of the two. Better at rugby. Was better at rugby. Played at a very good level of rugby. But cricket was my love, bro. More than food? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, what? I did that in Australia and loved it. I lived with an amazing guy in Australia. This is weird as well. His name is Jim. Shout out Jim if you're watching. Um, he was like the first man... No, my dad showed me the light. He was the first man to actually sit me down like this and look at me and like, I see you, bro, for who you are. Because I think when you go home, you should stop doing these shitty jobs and start doing your thing, mate. And it's like, that was the first time ever that someone's actually sat me down and gone, I think I believe in you, bro. Mm. It's the biggest uplift in that stage that I'd ever had in my life. He was a, he was a very successful grown man. He, he put me up because when, when you go to Australia, like the, you reach out to the clubs and they say, oh, you can live with him, he can live with you. And you like, you cut the grass and do the wicket and stuff. They put you up, give you a motor, maybe a couple of, couple of beer money in for the week. I got lumbered with Jim. Best thing that ever happened to me. Fucking insane bloke. This is a good segue into just briefly touching base on A, the importance of the company that you keep. Yeah. And also the words that you use with and amongst one another, mm. and when you're referring to somebody or you're talking about somebody's attributes or, or, their, or their traits, a lot of lad culture, they rip into each other. Now, mm. you rip into somebody long enough, you're going to fucking dent their confidence, whether it's done in jest or it's, it's disguised as bants. The name of the game is, I believe, in this day and age especially, because everyone's getting beaten, downtrodden somewhere, be it work, at home, mm. in their own headspace. If you've got friends and you've genuinely got a friend and you care about them and you feel a deep-rooted connection with them, forget the bants, forget the bollocks, forget about putting them down in public. Tell them what you like and what you love about them. Mm. Remind them of their skill set because we can easily forget our strengths if yeah. we're not reminded of them. I, I think I was maybe 23 or 24. It's the first time anyone ever done it in my whole life. It, it was so, Liam, honestly, it was so impactful. Like, it felt like an epiphany, like a, a tidal wave of like love hit me. Mm. Like in the, the maddest fucking wave that he did, she sat me down on the sofa and said, listen, I've seen enough of this. I can see something in you, bruv. So you've got something deep inside you. I know you have. I've seen, I've seen, he said, like, I've seen elements of star about you. And I, you're, you said you're doing nothing. You really I put it on me a little bit, but out of, out of love. And it was the most impactful single discussion I'd ever had up to that point. I'm 24 years old. I'm a fucking grown man with a beard. Mm. And and it was brilliant. I came home after that point forever inspired. So I was now roaming the world looking for opportunity. I was looking up, I was looking left, looking right. I wasn't just like this fucking robot. I was, I was seeing things. I was looking opportunities. And that's why I started dabbling in how I can make money and this and that. If it weren't for him, I'd still been that lost little idiot walking around just doing Mickey Mouse jobs because he thought that's what he should be doing. Changed my life. The power of a conversation. Changed my fucking life. I was still doing these other jobs, but I had fucking, it was different. I was fit, I was looking at opportunities and, and when you've got your eyes wide open, you see things that you would, wouldn't, you'd normally walk past. And that's very important. I've stopped sweating now, by the way. I feel like I'm calmed down a bit. Now I've got the mum shit out of the way. Yeah. When you're um, talking about horrible stuff, I know, yeah, it's I, know, nice. I, know I know it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel more comfortable now. So we used to get some good stuff out. So, um, my first business, believe it or not, was buying and selling cricket bats. Just buying for 75 quid, trying to sell them for 120, 150. And that's like the first time I ever made my own pound note, which again, what a feeling that is. Remember the first time you ever done something, you think you made your own money. Yeah. Not a paycheck, mm -hmm. like your own pound note. Yeah. Straight away, let's get a Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think the first 15 bats I sold went straight down to Chinese and fucking spent the whole lot. But um, yeah, I, was just, I bought and sold cricket bats. Started a Facebook page. This is, again, this was when the infant, infancy of being able to create a business page on Facebook. And the biggest cricket brands in the world at the time only had five, six, maybe 20,000 followers. 
I grew what's called Raw Cricket Company. Maybe you can still see out there now. I grew out to 50,000. It was unheard of at the time, just through like self-development. So I knew I wanted to go down this road, like I said earlier. So I thought, how, how can I do this? So I, I just spent, went hell for leather for about three months. I upgraded my skill set, learning social media. I invested in myself with self-education to upgrade my value to the world. Started this cricket brand, did all the, the, the stickers, the, the weights, the feel, the look, the, the, uh, like the, um, the angle of it on social media as well. We call ourselves the bad boys of cricket, trying to make cricket cool for the first time ever. Mm. Not this like, non-CO game which old men play. I was trying to make it for the youngsters who come in through, like, you know, trying to make a cool business, a cricket brand. That was great. But sort of three years into it, not only did I work out, it was it's a seasonal business, which is shit, because you can only sell, sell things for four or five months a year, obviously in the summer. I also worked out that I enjoyed the marketing side of it, the uh, creation and growing things online and the posts and selling and what works, the e-com stuff, more than I did the actual cricket stuff. And that had then evolved into my digital agency, which is not with us anymore, unfortunately, because of COVID. But that was a lot of fun. We started a digital agency selling websites, social media, video packages to businesses. Like people were coming to me with the cricket thing, mate, you've seen me doing this cricket thing. And the chance you could do it for my little um, detailing shop and my mechanics or this or that. And before I knew it, we had sort of 300 clients. It was a big firm. We had sort of 30 people on the books. Right fucking headache. Wasn't very profitable. Good turnover. Didn't make a lot of money, but it was a lot of fun. And again, I learned a lot of lessons. But through doing that, I we were putting out video content. However much I shared and sent it to my friends and said, come on, this is great. It was good content to be fair. Maybe you'd get a thousand views. When I saw my inspiration with the food review stuff, I think my first video got 50,000 views. So straight away, I realized, fucking hell, this is, this is where it's at. So I worked out that you could, if you could harness attention, you could use that attention and eyeballs to, to funnel and feed something, whatever that might be. But with attention, you've, 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 got, you've got hold of something there. It's a currency. Correct. You start to grow in your confidence. When you start to grow, things start, you, you walk different, you talk different, you start believing your own bullshit rather than, God, I want to be this, I want to be that. You think, actually, I'm doing it now, it's different. Then you, you start evolving. It's, a, it's not just a light switch, bro. You just turn on and become this person. It takes time, mate, and it took me a long time. I'm a bit, uh, believe it or not, I do lack in confidence. It takes me a little while to get where I want to go. I'm not, this, you know, it's not, a, I think everyone would say, it's not this like steady line, it's an up and down thing. It took me, it took me a while. I think most people, if they're being brutally honest, they're the same. Yeah. Comedians that go out on stage before that, before that curtain is pulled, they're shitting themselves. Yeah. They've done it 101 times. Their knees are still shaking. I think humans are just humans, and we all put on we all put on that mask of confidence. Yeah, because it might well, it's just easier to deal with situations. There's one simple thing that will improve your confidence: action. Yeah, that's it. Action will improve your confidence. Put down the self help book and just. Keep doing, keep mm -hmm. doing and doing and doing the uncomfortable things until they become comfortable. That's the confidence. Just take action, yeah. which is what you've done. I just wanted to try and achieve something, Liam. I think that's like I was, after the cricket thing, I thought, yeah, I've got a bit of confidence. I just thought, Do you know what? I'm, I'm not going to settle for averageness. And there's nothing wrong with anyone that does. I'm just, I just knew it wanted me to, once I, I loved it. Like getting up in the morning, I fucking, I loved it, mate, going to work taking on the world. We thought we were the fucking like, it's like Wolf of Wall Street. Do you know what I mean? We were like, yeah, come on, let's go. Mm. Walking into meetings like you're fucking King Dick and you like, must look like a wanker. But um, we were smiling, bro. And it was a good time. And I learned a lot. Learned a lot. Had some great people, worked with some amazing people and then went food review clubs. So then I did food review club in that side by side. Okay, so food review. This is what the world knows you for, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. What was, what was your initial passion? The food, the money, the, the I'll, traffic? I'll, I'll explain. I've always 
as you can probably imagine, been nutty about food. We did a recent thing with PG Tips and they said to me, do you know what we love about you? Why wouldn't we work with you so much? She goes, you describe a pack of crisps like a Michelin star restaurant. And I've always been the same, bruv. If I get a pack of crisps, I'll, I'll, I'll split, this is sound, make you sound like a right weirdo. I'll split the big ones and the little ones. Like I'll have to eat the shitty little ones first and then save the big ones to the end. If I go to McDonald's, I'll eat the little ones, save the big ones. I'm a food nut. Like I love food. My grandma, both my grandmothers were great cooks and it like, going back to the, the start, with a childhood filled with so much pain, the one thing I can remember that made me happy was going out for food. And I've got such a fond, this made me emotional, I've got such a fond a memory of good times in such such a storm being fish and chips at the beach or going for a roast around my nans on a Sunday. That's like, that's I, I look back on that time of such fond, it's like my lighthouse in the storm, bro. So I've always loved food. It's such a silly thing, food. Like some people don't get it. And I, think, I love food. I think it's nostalgic. I think it brings people together. When someone cooks for you, I think it's one of the most purest things in the world. Receiving someone's roast or something, their their dish, their creation in their own house, or it's powerful stuff. I love food. So simple term, a simple answer to this is that food is my always my thing. I didn't necessarily know it, not to a recording a fucking review about it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and what happened was I was laying in bed one day, and Dave Portnoy from Barstool was my. I've not hidden the fact he's he was the inspiration behind the whole thing does pizza reviews in New York and he's brilliant. He's like a bit of a comedian. And what was interesting was I wasn't a div by this point. I understood the social world, right? I think I watched 35 videos of his in a row. And I went, I stopped and went, wow. The thing I worked out, he had my attention. Watched 30 videos in a row. I was like, I wanted to know what was next. What these different scores. And I thought, wow, no one, no one's doing this in England. And I said, we love our Chinese fish and chips, a roast, a bakery, fuck me. We could, you could talk all day about the best bakery you've been to or the best steak you ever had. Everyone's got a story of this local legend, brilliant place. And I thought my, it just grew in my mind. I thought, wow, I've got to do this. We started sharing these, some of his videos in WhatsApp groups. And so they said, why don't you ever go out doing it, mate? You've been on camera a little bit. I thought, yeah, maybe I will. Like I said, the first one I did, not popped off, but it was noticeably good numbers. And I thought, wow, I'm on something here. I just knew it. It was like for the first time ever, flying. I just fucking knew it. The very first one. Fucking first time. Now, if you go back and watch videos, they are terrible. But even then, I just knew this is my calling. I enjoyed them. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it, you got, you, you got my attention straight away because I, I too love food. Up to this point, the only shows you ever see about food are like posh people on BBC cooking up these dishes you'd never eat or like these restaurateurs going to these fancy places, the likes of which I've never been to. So I thought, you know what? Maybe there's a, uh, an angle just for average Joe to go and eat a fish and chip shop or a ch chicken shop. Who's ever done that before? In England, I was the first one. And it's worked because I think people can resonate with a fat bloke like me who doesn't really know what he's talking about going, oh, that's nice. Making some noises, grunting away. And and now I've, I wasn't very good at the beginning, but I've learned, I've done my time. I'm still in my apprenticeship stage, I would say. Um, it's been a life changer, bro. It's been, it's been amazing. I'm just excited for the future with it. It's good. I'm excited to see what happens. A minute ago when I said to you, I get where you're coming from because I love food. I mean, I'm thinking about what fucking thing to say. Everybody <laughs> loves food. It's, it's a niche, but course, it's not the biggest niche in the world. What I, what I meant to say was, I understand the emotional relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to understand that everybody oh, has a relationship with food. Yeah. You know, people with, you know, eating disorders, it's a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Whether it's you're eating too much or too little, or you're, you wait all week, to treat yourself at the weekend, you're in a relationship with food, whether you like it or not. So I get that. I get the fact yeah. that you, very emotional. You'd find comfort in it when when times are tough. Yeah, I raid the fridge 
when <laughs> the things with me, I eat to commiserate, celebrate. <clears throat> Like any any excuse, I'll I've eat. I've got so. different cuisines for depending on my mood. If I'm sad, I'll eat something. If I just want a little pick me up, I'll eat this and I'll eat that. Yeah. People say, "What's your favourite food?" I go, "It depends on what mood I'm in." If I, if I feel sad, I'll go and have fish and chips. Or if I need a bit of mat time, and there's a little local cafe near me that does mash and lamb chops. It's like shitty, like calf food, but it's like my, my fucking little place. Sit by myself, headphones on, just going to eat, eat. Yeah, it's funny. Got do, little category. Do boxes. you eat and listen to music sometimes or videos? Yeah, that's powerful. Just taking yourself the fuck away from where you need to go and just eat and just recover. Slowly, mouthful by mouthful. <laughs> Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac, yeah. whilst you're eating yeah. steak kidney pudding. Yeah, Biggie Smalls. And when you describe yourself as a fat bloke that loves food, let's talk about that journey. Yeah. Because you're not a fat bloke. Well, still you, a little bit, a little bit of fluffy, bruv. You, you've got a nice bit of meat on the bone. Yeah. Which I would say- We're trying. I would say is a, is a very good, healthy look. And you and you do look like a vision of health. You look mm. solid, strong, and obviously- I know, and people that follow you know that you've been hitting the gym hard. Yeah, it's hard as hard so as fuck. it must be incredibly difficult when you're reviewing food and the kind of food that you do, the, yeah. the comfort, traditional pub grub, fish and chips, Chinese, dunked the, in every dip you can imagine. The treat night stuff. Yeah. But I'm doing it seven to ten times a week. <laughs> yeah, so. That's not easy. So there was a time when you were fat. Yeah, and I can say that because yeah, yeah, yeah. likewise, that, yeah. I was. We've we've had these chats, so that's that's not a, that's nothing derogatory at all. Because I was at one stage I a was very fat. fat mess. I feel like I can talk about people being fat and bald because <laughs> I'm there and I was there. Yeah. So your journey eating all these different bits and pieces that are predominantly unhealthy, unless you cook it yourself. Yeah, uh, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. So you obviously gain weight. Yeah, a lot. Talk about that journey. How it made you feel? Well. I thought I was invincible to it. Like I was always, always been a bigger lad, but maybe 130 kilos when I started. But that those last 20 or 30 kilos I put on were da- it's dangerous, bro. Like we were, eat- I was eating similar stuff to what I'm eating now, but I was taking the habits home. Packs of biscuits, all the fizzy drinks you could ever imagine. Like a, it's embarrassing to talk about because you, you're completely lost self control. You understand what I'm saying? I had. No off switch whatsoever. It's like when you're a little bit too far gone, you think, oh, what's this going to do? Jaffa cakes, biscuits, cakes, bread. I'm talking like four jam sandwiches, not just one at night time. It's pints of milk, just terrible, terrible, terrible. And it got to the point where I was like, I could tell things weren't very good. Now, if anyone hasn't seen, I didn't really get like a an overhang sort of fat. I just basically inflated. Like I got really bloated all the time. And it honestly felt, bro. Like when people say, well done for your weight loss, I struggle to um, say thanks because I'm like, actually, I had to do it because I felt I was going to have a fucking stroke, bro. Getting in and out of a car was like, you were, I felt like I was being a contortionist. Like putting on my socks, it got really, really bad. And I hid it for a long time. Like I felt like I was out of breath walking 10 yards. And I thought, this is, this is fucked. I felt like I was going to have a stroke at any moment. So, and when Archie was, obviously I was having a baby, my son, I thought, I've got to do something here. This ain't good. Like I actually meant, I thought I was going to fucking keel over. I did have a couple of little wobbles as well. I thought, no, nah, I'm done with this. So I um, joined a fucking gym like I had done four or five times in the past. Two week warrior, in and out, falling over, back on the wagon. For some reason, this just, this time just stuck. I just had this inner, like, I've got to do this. And it's very, very, anyone that's watching this now that's overweight or you, it's more your mind, you've got no self-control, you're fucked. And you're sticking at it, it's tough. But I just, for some reasons, God willing, I just stuck at it and I've found my coach who's been a lifesaver. Highly recommend getting a coach. 
when you're lost in the jungle and you don't even got a clue how to get out of the jungle, you've got no backpack, torch, map, you're stuck, you're fucked, you've got no way out. Having a coach who's been there, who knows the lay of the land, knows the route, he's got a torch, he's got a map, come with me, bro, I've got you back. And you follow him and you just follow his, what he's telling you to do, he's really helped me, I wouldn't have had to do it without him. So we took about, I don't know, half a kilo to a kilo off per week. So in a year, I've lost about 30 kilos which is not unbelievable. I'm a big fella. It's, you know, I've, it was good times, bad times. At Christmas, I went up a bit and down a bit. But over the course of a year, 13 months, I've lost 30 kilos now. I consistently lost weight. Then the first Christmas, I went up about six kilos. <laughs> he goes, what the fuck happened there then, bro? And I was like, yeah, I went back to the Chinese about 10 times. So yeah, that was the, that was the best six kilos yeah. I ever put on. He, he was great, bro. Like um, giving my plan and stuff and just like going for walks in the mornings, just tracking my meals, just having a bit of accountability to yourself. And it just came off nice and slow. Wasn't trying to be this warrior eating 800, 500 calories a day, soup only, or, you know, it just wasn't like that. Just slowly ticking it off. Nice clean food. And I really enjoyed eating clean as well. Wasn't, it didn't really focus on the diet. I was still eating steaks and chicken and stuff. It's good. Yeah, when you eat, when you eat clean. It feels good. If you eat clean for, let's say, two weeks consistently, because a lot of people can eat clean for a day. Eat yeah. clean for two weeks. I mean, really clean. You have a bad meal. Yeah. You wake up, you feel like you've got hangover. Yeah, it really. If once you, once yeah. your system's pure, another thing I want to because I'm, I'm going to come back to the training, but this again is is important, and I don't think there's anyone as qualified as you to talk about the grip that food can get on you. Because what we were talking, but what you was actually talking about there when you was taking your work home with you, plowing oh, through mate. biscuits, drinking milk, what we're talking about here is addiction. It's and it's self harm. Yeah, mm. for sure eating excessively to the point that you're absolutely bloated and you feel sick, but then you sit down and you still go back for extra Maltesers. Like that's self-harm because you're only, it's only going to go one way. Yeah. I've got, I've got no off switch whatsoever, but look in, in business pressures and stuff, I'm no, uh, Elon Musk, bro. I've made tons of mistakes and it plays on you at the time, plays on your mind. You think you're a dickhead. What have you done that for? You hate yourself. Next thing you know, you're eating, you're going out partying, you're going on a Friday night, uh, self-medicating your stresses. You just lose fucking control. The reins of this uh, have been thrown away. You've got no control over nothing. You're a passenger on your own fucking boat. Mm. And that's very, very difficult. And that starts picking up speed to get back up to the, uh, the command deck and go, I'm back. Let's go. And I've done that and I'm very proud of that. Like this, because I've regained control of my mind just about, not saying I'm perfect, but I'm living a cleaner life. I've got a bit of control, can say no, eating clean outside of my work. When I am working, I'm only having a little bit, doing a little taste, doing a test, considered off, off she goes. Don't have to eat the whole lot. Being more professional, clean, clearer thinking, more considered at home in my relationships with work colleagues and not biting people's heads off, being aggressive over the top. You know, it's the, the, the benefits are untold. Mm. It's when you go down the slope, though, it's very fucking difficult to uh, have control of anything when you can't say no to a fucking biscuit. Would you identify as an addict? Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I could go all week without whatever, and by Friday night, I'm fucking game on. Mm. Yeah. There's no... No off switch. No breaks no at breaks, all. Yeah. yeah. But I'm always half glass full. I'm an addict, and I fucking love it because I will choose my next addiction. Yeah. And I'll choose, <laughs> I'll choose wisely. Yeah. I think people need to be a bit kinder to themselves and stop playing the, 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 the victim card. Just understand, you're allowed to fuck up, man. Come on. Like you, your problems are not so real, but no one really cares about your problems. Just own it yourself. Be kinder to yourself. Talk nicely to yourself about yourself. Grow a little bit and you'll be fine. You know, people, I hear some people talking and it's like, that's why I don't want to go too much into my other stuff, right? Because it's like, I've gone beyond this victim stuff in my head and I find it very difficult to go back there, even though maybe I was a little bit behind anymore. And 
you know, I, I thought about it, you know, a little bit. I talk to myself differently now. I don't talk like, oh, poor you. Mm. No one gives a shit, bruv. No one's coming to save you. There's no fucking, we come over here when all the horses going, come on, man. I've seen what you've been through. Come with me. I've got every, all the answers you need. No one's fucking coming to save any of us. Got your addiction? Cool. Beat it. Do something. Change your life. Confront your fears. Look in the mirror. Change your ways. Get addicted to something else. Go to the gym. If you've got that sort of personality, go to the gym. See if you like that a little bit. If you don't like that, go horse riding. Go to battle reenactments. Whatever you need to do to fucking get over your shit. And, you know, try. Get out there. Mm. People so, feel so sorry for themselves. That shit's got to stop. It has. No one cares. And also, on the topic of addiction, feeling sorry for yourself oh. is also addictive. Paralyzing. And it's addictive. It's the worst. You're now addicted to feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. Fucking hell. Like it's your safety blanket. Mm. Come on, pe- Come on, people. Liven up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm walking proof of it, mate. Like I've, you know. This is why I'm delving in a little bit deeper. I'm scratching beyond the surface because you're going to inspire a lot of people. I feel like, do you know what I've been nervous for? Come on, I feel like I'm too average to be on here, but maybe I'll inspire this person sitting home now that's thinking that is a bit lost and thinking they don't know what to do. Just go out and try something. No one cares about your story. No disrespect. Maybe the two or three people around you might do a little bit, but trust me, no one gives a fuck. No one cares. I'm not sort of dis- uh, downplaying anyone's difficult circumstances. You know, people have got it worse than me, much worse. You, you have Everyone's got their own little story, which to them might be very powerful, etc. But all I'm saying is don't, don't sit on that too hard. Recognise it, understand it, look at yourself, understand it and, and move forward. I think it's really important. You've got to sit in the sadness, but if you sit too long in the sadness, it becomes a permanent seat. Yeah. So this isn't, it's not being harsh or like we're lacking empathy. It's, I get it. You're upset. You're sad. You're lonely. You're depressed. Shit ain't going your way. But in order to build your confidence and rebuild and structure your life, you've got to take action. Yeah. Do it. And not many people do give a fuck. Tell your nearest and dearest and then take some take some action. And that's what I wanted to say to you about when you was secret scoffing after scoffing all day yeah. at work, obviously you at the time, you don't realise what you're trying to clock out from. No. So you have to dig deep within yourself to make sense of it. And before you make sense of it, you can't move forward. No. So make try and make sense of it rather than just sort of dwelling on it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But at that time as well, Food Review Club started getting some really big numbers. So I was dealing with new pressures, like un- new things, like having 100,000 people sometimes at that point in, the, in views. And it came with pr- other pressures and... Uh, trolling or hate things or people uh, coming after your character. Weird new things. It was new territory for me. Like, I've never been there before. Like putting yourself out there. I know what comes with that territory, but mm. the result of that was at the time was very difficult sometimes to deal with. You know, like people questioning you and what's your resume? How can you do this? This is, a, this is an outrage. You know, that was all new territory for me as well. And putting yourself out there like I'm now, well, sometimes we get up to a million views a day now. Incredible. Yeah, not always. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but we have had months at that, you know, consistently for five years now. It's a lot of um, a lot of eyeballs, you know, like it's a lot of uh, new pressure. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's, a, it's an issue, but sometimes that does play into your life. And you think, you know, if you want to eat a few, too, too many biscuits at night time, it's a nice little, nice little release of little comfort, right? Get a few endorphins before you go to bed. So it's, it's a work in progress. And now I feel stronger. I feel like my shoulders can carry more pressure. I can mm. deal with things better. We're going to trolls because I, I, you don't need to be cruel to yourself because there's enough people out there that would do it for you without an invite. For sure. The world is full of trolls and that's how they get their fix. Yeah. 
Fuck them. I've got a new um, mindset on this. I now treat my page like my house. Right? You watch my stuff for free. This is my house. Obey by our rules. Take your fucking shoes off when you come in. You got something you don't like? Don't like me? See you later, your parcel. You're off. We, I, tr- I really try and... Not police, it might be the wrong word, but that negative tone in my comments, it's not having it anymore. I'm okay with uh, constructive criticism, discussion, great. Disagreements, great. If you're literally calling me a cunt or this or that, or bringing up past or this or that, you're gone, mate. I'm not giving you any oxygen. I've worked way too hard on this platform to be infected by your negativity or your cancerous hate towards me, my team, my family. Fuck off. You're gone. My house, take your shoes off. And I, heard that, I can't remember who I heard that from. And I thought, yes. About six months ago, I was like, yes. The new policy is you bring that sort of negativity in here, you're out. That's a great way to look at it. I'm not standing for it. And I think a lot of people need to take a big leaf out of that book of yours because I know a lot of people that are hugely successful on social media and they've been doing it for years, but the trolls, they still affect them. They multiply as well. They, uh, If someone says something like, oh, this is a paid, another paid review here, Somebody wasn't even thinking that. I go, really? Wow. And then they, that sort of like multiplies and it, this negativity grows in sort of in like a cloud. Just fucking see you later. If I, as soon as I see that, you're gone. Not yeah. today, bruv. I find it <laughs> I, I, I find it hard how anybody would troll you because all I've ever seen you do, you don't criticise other people. You, no, don't, you, we, don't, you don't get political. You're literally just sharing joy. Without sounding like a div, they went for, we did go for a time where I had about five cars and I was really proud, made some good money and I was proud of it and I did look like a bit of a, a, a div sometimes with driving about and the motors and stuff. I can understand why that would um, rub someone up the wrong way that maybe wasn't happy with themselves um, and it did, maybe didn't look great. I, seem to, I did seem to rub people up the wrong way at a certain point in our, in our journey and I, I do accept that. But um, that was only because I was proud of myself, bro, and I, just, I didn't really give a fuck. And what's wrong with being proud of yourself? No, no, exactly. It goes without saying, but at the same time, I can mm. I can empathise with seeing that. Like how, how the fuck is this food reviewer? He just he's munching kebabs, earning a pound note out of this, and obviously doing all right from it. You, you could see I was to be it wasn't being particularly shy about it, which is which is maybe a bit crass in this day age. We've all been guilty of it in our past, but I've learned. And um, I said to you earlier, the early Facebook comments were largely good. There was a lot of when the Facebook algorithm pushes your content to new people, obviously that's just, you've, you're just being shown to a randomer. So of course you can get, who's this guy? I, well, I didn't sign up for this. That's okay. I don't mind that. But the, uh, the YouTube stuff and there was a, there was a big undercurrent of hate. Weird. What was the narrative? Just, I was basically a wanker. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Just like, who's this? For reviewing food. Yeah. But again, I've learned from it, mate. It's good. Yeah. So that's the, that's the trolls. If you're trolling people, you need to be looking at yourself rather yeah. than the person that you're trolling because that is a clear indication that you're unhappy yeah, and sure. and probably jealous. Yeah. Yeah. If you, and if you're going to take action, if you're going to take any action, rather than actually put a, a shitty comment uh, underneath somebody else's content, stop making I your like own. The, um, I like the DMs, bruv. They're the good ones. They're real spicy ones. Tell me about the DMs. It isn't like, isn't like someone goes in the comments and goes, oh, this, this guy's a fucking wanker, blah, blah, blah. I've had a few. Go, hey, man, I really hate you. Let's, let's have a punch up. You know, like, come on in, You've, you think you're hard, all this sort of stuff. I'm like, well, I've never said that on camera before, but go on in. It, this is where I live. Here's my number. I'll sit, come down. I'm free on Sunday. Come down and we'll never see him, obviously. But those direct DMs, I've had quite a few of them. It's quite, it's quite, something quite funny. In the early days, I had a few from where I lived. That was pretty spicy. So come on in. Let's go. So you, you, you'd come back and say, yeah, I'm yeah. here. I'm At here. the beginning, I would. Yeah, fucking right. I didn't understand it all then. This is, this is the early days. I didn't grow up in a social media world, bro. Like, if, you, if that's what I'm saying, no problem. 
Exactly no that. Problem. Yeah, don't confuse no, yeah, so, the social media world for the real world. Yeah, I'm not trying to give it Charlie Biglicks, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm game or whatever. Well, you play rugby at a decent level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, now, you're now powerlifting. You're a decent size. Yeah. You're going to be a problem. Pretty game and all. Mm. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> so I don't know whether to go. Do we talk about the transformation and the training now? Because people love that. Or the journey of the food review. Either. Or are they entwined? Yeah. Um, Take me on the food review journey with the training. Well, the training comes in the last year, so we could do that, yeah. So so food, the food review club journey, was it's been wild, mate. Like, I think the obvious thing to talk about here now, we got, I think, to be monetized on Facebook, you, which is, this is the big game changer for us, really. You have to have something like 10, at the time, 10,000 minutes viewed in a month or something. So straight away, because of our first few videos went really well, we got monetized straight away. I thought, this would be interesting. I was like, in my head, I was going, if this pays for, you know, a couple of takeaways here and there, I'm winning. Like, wow, what if it's like free money. I think our first month was maybe like 380 quid. I thought, fucking, this is unbelievable. Second month was like over a grand. Second month. And I was like, what the fuck? I've, you know, I didn't see money like this before, really. Like, especially not for just making some fun videos and getting some money back. And I think the third one was like three and a half or something. For the month, and it's like it got to the stage where I thought I really thought, wow, I've got to get professional with this. So that in itself, three months in, I understood how important this journey could be to me as a as a man and my family. And that's a really important thing to say, not just to drop into the money straight away. I had a an anchor that I thought, wow, this is this is an opportunity not to be missed. So I made sure we went out three or four three times a week, maybe, to the, all the places we could get to within like an hour after work in the dark, you know, um, standing in shop doorways, reviewing like little kebabs and stuff. It was great. This are the early days. It's brilliant. And you know what? We've grown the Facebook now. To, it's got 770,000 on there, which is a powerful beast now. Like it's, um, it's been mad. The, the, the strategy was as well, we used to go to these, like the local legend. So I bet if you know, where you're from Crawley, yeah? Mm -hmm. So I bet there's that one kebab house that, Everyone pilgrimage does a pilgrimage to it after a night out mm. to get their spicy chicken burger or the potatoes or kebab. There's that one place. I'm gonna have to shout out. You go on, yeah. Megabytes in East Grinch. Megabytes because my mate runs it, and uh, he'd never forgive me if I <laughs> if, if I mention the one in Crawley and not the one in East Grinch. Do you fancy coming and do a review with me there? Let's do it one day. Hundred percent. Yeah, let's do it. But that, that so that local legend, I, I've, I've kind of worked out through the first few that I did. If you went to these local spots in these different towns, they would go viral in the town, which might not be UK wide, might not be big, but you'd, you'd start growing a little audience in these, all these little like, sort of pockets of places. So it might not be going like UK wide, but you'd grow a little five year, five year, five year. And if you did that every, every video, you quickly, quickly started building some numbers. You know, we, especially when you started going into London and stuff, that's huge, dense population. And you know, the spots as everyone knows these, legendary names did a few of them sprinkled in you'll chuck a Mackey's in every now and again or one of the high street brands that everyone can be familiar with you know if you went to like Paul's Pizzas in South End someone in Wales ain't gonna have a clue what that's about they can't even relate to it but if you chuck a little Mackey's in everyone knows Mackey's everyone knows this this burger hack or something that's been the strategy pretty much from the start going to overseas now a little bit just growing the audience growing the audience and doing some pretty good numbers now I'm very lucky that we had the Facebook because a lot of these foodie influencers now or other people haven't really got a business outside of, from a monetary point of view, other than taking in sponsors or paid gigs per se. We've got, I don't need to do that anymore, really. We've I've got a few good ones. Obviously, we'll come to that in a minute, which help a lot now as we've grown our team. But at the start, it was very, very organic. I can imagine now that you have restaurants, takeaways, yeah. eating establishments contacting you mm -hmm. because they, they want the publicity from you. But at the start, was you cold calling? I just turn up. 
Oh, you turn up and review? Fucking turn up. I still do that now. So people think now that all the restaurants, of course they want to get on us on our platform. Of course they do. But we march, this is where I really want to get this across. We march to our own drum. Because I've got the backing of this Facebook money and whatever else, I'm not a slave to taking a fucking backhander for a score. I've never done it once, never will. I'd rather not go to somewhere, mm. do all the formalities, waste time this. I'd rather just walk in, pay all the what I want and go outside and do my thing. So I can give a really honest review. Of course, sometimes we'll take money for a booking. You know, if it's in Cornwall, we've got business to run now. It's, we can't just drive to fucking Cornwall with a team of four to go and do our content. Of course, we'll, we'll accept travel or whatever else. Sorry, not whatever else. That sounds dodgy. Travel <laughs> and expenses if I need to stay. Mm. Of course, but it's in our contract. No score is ever, only one person ever has offered me money for a score and he got told where to go. Only one time. And then people think we take money for scores of time. But not once I've ever done that. Because we don't need to. And it is rife in the food game now. People taking, because these people with just a TikTok or just an Instagram, they're not making any money. So they're, they're earning revenue from backhanders. And we've never, ever done that and never will. So if you own a restaurant and you walk in, they better be on their A game. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Don't, I'd rather it was that way. Because I don't have to like, Please have this. Please have that. I just it just pisses me off. I just want to order the, you know, the, the, what we want to get, and it's it's cleaner. You can walk in, do a business, and bounce to the next one. Try and get as many done as we can in a day, and um, just be professional. You know, so it could be free if you start shaking hands. We'd be free hours. You now they want to give you the whole fucking menu. The, water, the video is about six hours long. Nobody's going to watch it anyway. This way we can say no. I don't want it. I just give it. Give us the pizza. Well, that's nice to know for anyone that was in in any doubt. Your reviews are genuine reviews. 100%. Only in 3,000 reviews, one person has said how much for a 10. I think it was a lot of money as well. And I said no. At the time, I needed the money too. But 90% of the hate we get is, oh, another paid review. (laughs) I wish they knew the truth, honestly. Mm. I wish they did. That's good incentive, you know, to to follow you. Because everyone loves food. Everyone wants to go to a new place. And people people will travel far and wide to get something decent to, to tick the box. I've been to... I've been to Sheesh. Yeah. People will come from Manchester to London to say they've yeah. eaten at Sheesh, for example. And if you're putting these places on the map for yeah. them. what Where it does become a bit tricky is that I typically am very generous. I turn up to places looking for good people. I'm not there to smash them. You know, if I have something cheap or that's obviously not high, high quality, I'll say, oh, this is good value. Mm. I always try and look on the positive side of everything, right? I don't want to go turn around and smash the business to bits. Of course, if it's terrible, we'd be honest. But I always try to err on the side of being a good man because I feel like long-term, positivity will win the World Cup. Short-term, the first half, a bit of blood sport might give me a few, you know, clicks. But long-term, that you're going to be turned into a wanker and people won't respect you because you're switching people's lights off who've got families and might have had a bad day. So I'm very cautious. We've got 1.7 million followers now across the board. That can be really impactful. And I've done it a few times and it, I go home feeling sick. You know, it's not nice. It's not a nice feeling, bro. You know what I mean? It's... But largely, we try and err on the side of positivity. And people that does annoy people sometimes. But we do try and find the good places. We don't try and find chicken licking in such and such. He's obviously, he's got one-star hygiene. Why am I going to review that, bruv? That's not getting my dick hard. I'll tell you it, that now. It's been reviewed. It's been reviewed. <laughs> it's, oh, look outside. Hello, everyone. This is shit. I don't need to eat the food. We want to try and find these special places run by amazing people pushing the envelope of what street food is. Like, that's what gets me going. He's meeting amazing people, cooking amazing stuff that they're proud of. That's what I get excited about, not going to these shitholes. You know, so yes, our content largely is 
positive, but I do my research. We try and find the best spots. I ain't looking for the worst. Trust me. Have you had any, have you had any, any bad experiences? Any, any confrontation? What, from like restaurant owners and stuff? Yeah. Couple. Any memorable ones? Yeah. Oh, God, can I talk about this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm an ambassador for Chicken Cottage now. So I'm ambassador with four of them and I'm working closely with them. And that actually came from quite an aggressive interaction at one of their stores a few years ago. I, I'm going to be careful what I say here, but it was terrible. That wasn't very careful, was it? It was shit. <laughs> what happened? It was awful. And the, the first time I've ever actually had to spat food out. I've got to tell the full story. I was, it's going to come back. I'll get in trouble. I'll be cancelled by Chicken Cottage. Um, and it, they actually went to the paper or something and said that I was just racist about it. That's why I did what I did. And which couldn't be further from the truth. The food was just terrible. But they went, they, pub- they published that in some sort of like local mag, but then it escalated. And I then said my bit and said, no, it weren't. It was because your food was terrible. At least own the facts, blah, blah, blah. And I'm now working closely with them to stop this sort of thing happening with with discrepancies amongst stores. There was a lot of rogue franchisees just doing whatever they wanted. This has been one of them. And they've taken them, they kicked them all out and they're rebuilding their business from the ground up. But yeah, that was that was one of them. That was, that was tough. But he was telling everyone that went in the shop and I think I had three different people that worked close. It was near Tower Bridge. Um, said They messaged me, said, just to let you know, mate, this is what you're saying. And then it was publicised and I was like, you fucking prick. So as if, like, just at least own the fact your wings. But the thing is, it's on camera. Like, I bite into the wing and I'll show you it and it's like literally mouldy fucking chicken. Like, you, what are you going to say about that, bro? Mm. Or am I just making it up? Like, people can see it. Everything we do is on camera. So it's not like we're filming everything. So you don't know where to hide, really. It's just when your character comes into question like that, it's not nice. But a few people message us. There's a fish and chip shop here. I'll tell, I'll tell that story in uh, Hunt Stanton. They messaged all sorts of stuff saying that I was, shouldn't have done it, putting small businesses at risk, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was awful. Like, the, the reviews there, they've got my fish on the size of a fucking chicken nugget. And this was an independent? Yeah. Trash. I was getting their, their mum, the dad, the cousins, the aunties were all emailing saying how much of a pricks we were. But other than that, not, not many. So after you'd exposed this, well, one of the, one of the, one of the franchises, yeah. how did it come about where you're now an ambassador for them? So Chicken Cottage is a brand. They had a lot of shops. Largely, they just do whatever they wanted under the banner of Chicken Cottage. And Chicken Cottage now have ripped it all up. Brand new ownership and they're painting, they're doing every shop the same. And they've got 54 now and it's, it's, a, it's a slick operation. I'm proud to be working with them. But they reached out and said, we'd really like to work with you. They yeah. saw what happened. They did get yeah. in touch. Yeah, that was just one of them. But we've been lucky. Like I said, not, most of our content is positive. We're not, I'm not, I always look for the, the nice angle. You know, I don't want to switch people's lights off, bro. That's not very nice. Some of the good stuff. What's one of the best memories, the best responses, reactions that you got that made you think, shit, I've just changed someone's day? Oh, this happens a lot. A lot. How lovely. One, yeah, powerful stuff, bro. I've had people ring up, crying their eyes out, saying, do you know how difficult life was before you came? Like, like you wouldn't believe me. Mental stuff. Like, I uh, went to Belfast about a couple of months ago, reviewed this place, gave it a fucking great score. It's brilliant. It's all on them. It's not me, bro. By the way, it's, it's about them and the food. We're not. It's not the match show. It's all about. The, it's all about them with us. And the taxi driver at the airport went, "Oh, it's you." I thought, "What's this all about?" And he went, "You've wrecked my favourite place you own now. This this barbecue place. I think we're open f- four days a week. Easy to get in. Now it's their queue. It's a queue both ways up the road. Seven days a week. Can't get anywhere near it. Wrecked it." Obviously, they're happy because they're full now to the brim, day in, day out, from open to close. But that's happened a lot. People saying that we're now doing a Saturday night take-ins on a Monday because of you. Like, it's crazy stuff. The power of social media is is, is uh, obscene. 
And we've, we've changed people's lives. Like I've had, like I won't say it's to embarrass him, but I've had a guy pizza shop crying his eyes out on the phone to me, like literally crying his eyes out. And you have no idea the impact you've made to my business. Like, but I say, let's on you, mate. You've done it yourself. I'm just a lucky guy that gets to, to show you and your creation. But yes, it's our platform that does it. But you're the one that's done it, bro. Like, respect to you. Yeah, that's the real nice side yeah. of, what, of what you do. The stuff that people don't see. People think it's about you, though, like, about me. And I don't even feel it like it's about them. There's so many content creators and things get it twisted. They think it's about them. It's not about you. It's about the thing that you're talking about and the people behind what you're talking about. It's never been about us and never will be. It's about the brilliant people that we're trying to capture. Mm. You get that twist and you're fucked. Slap. Yeah. This is the world's so, greatest ketchup. This is Matt's slap sauce. Yeah. And I've, now I've noticed as well, it's very nicely done. When you're discussing tastes and twangs and yeah. flavours, I notice you, there's a phrase that you say this slaps differently. It does. Um, that was something I used to say, but that's why I've named the source that. It's been an amazing journey. We were sent, I'll tell you where that, we were sent a load of sources, like I would be, being in my position, you get sent things, right? And this was quite a lucrative look. Things now are different to what it used to be. What I were offered before was small, it was nice, oh, I could maybe pay for this or pay for that, it's small stuff. Now, now it's different. We get some good, good lucrative offerings, okay? And this was one of them. One that I really had to think about. And I tried the sauce and it just wasn't up to scratch, bro. It was a low calorie, which is fits my journey. It's good money. I thought, wow, is this something I want to back? And I, I sat on it for about three days and I thought, oh, nah, it's not right. I want to make my own. Something I'm really, really proud of. My idea and the concept was to make the world's best sauce because we've been to some restaurants, right, with some really talented chefs and sauces from them hit and slap so much different to the stuff you buy in the supermarkets. It's synthetic, gloopy nonsense. And even people that say, oh, but there's, you know, like you've got the Heinz level. There's a level above that where he's like, well, I won't say the names because they'll be get pissed off me because I'm about to slag them. But there's a level above that, three or four quid more. I think they're trash and all. And there's a level above that too, which one geezer that I'm, I won't mention makes a sauce that I consider at that level because he does some organic wizardry in a sauce with the construction of it that makes wakes your face up and hits you in a different way. So during the, the eating of the sauce, it's sweet, it does this, it's fucking, you get that chilli bite, you have something else and it's like, wakes your fucking face up. Go back to eating Heinz and it's like, wow, this is shit. It tastes like glue, right? So the concept was I wanted to make the world's best fucking sauce. And we went, I tried a few myself, I went, myself, sorry, I went down the route of like a salad cream type thing with a sweetness, which I blueberry powder, which I had all this other stuff. And we fell at a supplier that you see on the bottle. It's not, I'm not hiding it. They won't talk to you about my, my recipe, obviously, but... They are brilliant. Run by a guy with an MBE for his services to food. He's a fucking ninja. We, we all sat down and went through this and we landed on an Nduya ketchup. Lots of different variations of it. So Nduya is a spicy Italian sausage with great depth. When you cook it, it comes to life, but you get more. He's got brilliant tomatoes in there, but this was good. It wasn't quite right. I wanted, to, wanted more from it. So we've ended up putting in apples. So, and the delivery of the apple, I wanted to come at the front, the sweetness, initial sweetness, because the heat from the dew comes at the end. And the superpower is we've used a, an organic apple cider vinegar. Both the apples are from Apple County in Ireland, the best of the fucking best. And the organic cider vinegar in it gives you this crispness, this acidity that breaks down your food and the release of the flavor of the sauce mid meal. It amplifies your fucking food. It is as a wonder product. I'm really proud of it. We've done it every step of the way ourselves. Do you know what we're going to do? I'm going to take this sauce <laughs> to the restaurant where, yeah. where I'm going to take you after the podcast. Yeah. 
And when they say what sauce you want with your steak, they're not hold the sauce. I'm gonna say I've already got it. Do you like ketchup? I try not to eat, but yes, I do. My first sauce, I want it to be that household condiment, something you could dip, rub, uh, put in a sandwich, everything, marinade, that, that works. Something you're going to use every day. Obviously, it's a big market, right? Mm. The, if I did a wild hot sauce, but great, I use that once a month, a good one. I wanted something that every family uh, would have in their fridge. That's why I went for ketchup. Ketchup's not my favourite sauce, but I've got a second sauce coming out, which is going to be slightly different. But but yes, yeah, I'm really proud of it, bro. It's, um, it's decent. Really, really nice. But you can see everything in it. It looks, you know, it's, you've got bits and bobs in there. You've got a, a, a sausage in it. Very expensive. The sausage in that is actually one of great taste award. I'll tell, tell you what I look out for when I, when I look at on ingredients because I've also gone down the rabbit hole of nutrition and yeah, I know yeah, how yeah. shit food affects my performance and everyday uh, life. Ultra processed food is, is, is a car crash. And normally you look at most things like this. The first ingredient is sugar. Yeah. It's not on here. Apples. Might, well, that's where we're getting our sweetness from. Sugar uh, is normally the, is normally the top that I, I know yeah. and it's that's not on there. There is a couple of things in there, but that's just for commercial use. You know, like things that are actually going to as a viable product that isn't going to like turn on itself within a week. But largely, that is the apex of sauces. We've tried to bring to the to a bottle and to your house a level of sauce I have tried at these elite restaurants by elite chefs. No one's ever done it before. So there's going to be a slap brand. Yeah, there's going to be something for salad. Yeah. Something for your burger, although you could put this one in the burger. Day, one like. product at a time. We've got, I'm still, I've got the second sauce done, but it's just finding someone who can make it so properly. You, you can have the salad creams, the mayos, the barbecues, yeah. the chilies, yeah. the lot. Yeah. What's the next one? It's it's a kind of a chicken mayo with gold fleck in it. I'll show you some pictures in a bit. It's called liquid gold. There you go, sport. That's, a, that's an exclusive. So your product is going to be different from the rest? Yeah, it's very different. Because everyone's doing that. Everyone just rehashes the same stuff and just, yeah, just they nonsense. just brand it differently. But obviously, with this, the price point, people are getting a little bit rowdy. With any sort of real foodie um, would know that it's for small batch, high quality production. There's no money in this for me. I'm thinking bigger game with this. Hmm. That's where I'll get paid. Right now, people think, oh, can you charge seven ninety nine a bottle? But if you know the game, anyone that doing a a small batch, high quality stuff, that's about right. Like it's good. Like it's not Heinz. Yeah, but they've got twenty five fucking factories. Hmm. Of course, they're going to be four quid a bottle. They've been doing it for 150 million years. I can't compete with them on price. Neither do I want to be. This is I'm trying to make a Rolls Royce. They're making a fucking Yaris. Um, and there's a, I think it's a big market for this. People that are, are, are conscious of what they're eating, want the best. You know, like this, if you're a baker sandwich, yes, it'll literally give you an erection. I'll look forward to that. Yeah. Like a, like a big, <laughs> like a, like a, you've been knocking, knocking, knocking your tea off the counter. Like, I'll make sure I'm not wearing if you like your food, pants that day. Yeah, if you like your food, this is the one. Slap Sauce, available on the website. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, where, where do people find it? Yeah, just on the website, yeah. www.slapsauce.co.uk Slapsauce.co.uk yeah. yeah, I'm 100% taking that to the restaurant and I'm going to eat, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to bring, it's good, bro. bring uh, your own. That doesn't make me remotely nervous on this. It is, it does everything it says. I'm sort of thinking more the waitress or what are looking at me thinking <laughs> you're not actually supposed to bring your own food. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's where you Tough. buy it from. Tough. But <laughs> I do think it's a, it's a, and people are being, are, are more food conscientious now. Yeah. And, Staying in is also the new going out. Since COVID, people have got used to, right, cook for yourself, then clean up afterwards. You save X amount of money. Yeah. So to experiment with new, exciting stuff. Yeah. It's, it's quite a powerful it. sauce too. People say it's, oh, it's only a 280 gram bottle, but it's very powerful. You don't need a lot. It's not like ketchup. We have to put the, you have to have a mega pint of it on you with your sausage just to get any sort of flavour. Mm. It's very, it's good stuff. It'll last a long time. So that's the slap sauce. Yeah. So talk to me about the forged Irish stout. Crazy. So it started off, we went to Dublin. Obviously, we had to visit Connor's pub, Connor McGregor's pub, the Black Forge. 
you know, it's, just looks great, right? It's a who's who in a zoo over there. I wanted to know if it was any good or not. Didn't really know a lot about this at the time. Went in and obviously they're, they're serving this out on tap and it's this stuff. My, I'm not a Guinness uh, lover. Never have been. I'm a lager man. It's probably like, you know, like we all are. You're a Guinness man. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm not, I wasn't quite at that stage in my life yet. So I've gone in and had this. And I, my first one was, what the, f I've had a few Guinness before. So you've been in Ireland a few times. You, you have a few sessions. This was noticeably different. I'm not saying better or worse, just different. Uh, it's a bit sweeter. Very rich, very smooth. Fell in love with that straight away. This is pre any discussions. Completely as genuine as it gets. Loved it. And the people with all like, wow, what's this? Beautiful. Stunning. Uh, did a review of the, of the pub. Fantastic. Great pub. Good stakes, good energy, good atmosphere. And about three or four weeks later, they started Forged Irish Stout. Obviously, I was following them, started posting about the coming to England. I just jumped straight on Instagram and I found the geezer that's running it, Doug. Shout out, Doug. He's a ninja. Um, this has been one of the most inspirational parts of my journey, actually. I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, just fucking message him. Said, listen, Doug, I love what you guys are up to. I see where it's going. If you ever need anyone in England to, you know, push this forward, I'd love to be in put my name in the in the ring. That's on a Sunday night. By Tuesday at four o'clock, the deal was done. So Connor and Doug signed off on me being ambassador for, for 12 months. That sort of support for us when your ad money's up and down as a business owner is, is breathtakingly incredible. Not only being backed by Connor McGregor, but I see, I see real future in it. Like they're, as a business, the marketing machine they've got behind it is obscene to watch and witness. And I'm friends with them now through this and seeing them work these elite level you've seen them these elite level operators with their lateral thinking is just like mind-blowing I, I think I, under pressure I think I'm good seeing these these people work is like wow mm. you inspire the fuck out of me seeing them work and like it's been it's been the best obviously he sold proper 12 for the figures that we all know proper 12 was the whiskey yeah I think he got about 600 for that on the second sale this is you're talking every you're talking pints on pumps every bar, nightclub, restaurant around the world. How does Forged compare to Guinness? Sweeter. So I'm not going to sit here and say, if you're a Guinness lover, you'll hate it. But if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're fair game, which a lot of people in England are, and certainly in America, I think it's absolutely stunning. It's sweeter. It's got coffee notes to it. A bit of vanilla, um, a bit of dark chocolate to it. It's smooth, as smooth as you like. I should have bought some, really, but yeah, sorry about that. I'm not drinking at the moment. Yeah, okay. That's good then. I'm off the You've hook. Done me a yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant, bro. So I was, I'm not a Guinness lover. I think, speaking to them, I think they said, we're never going to change the Irish opinion because everyone's it's, it's, uh, ingrained in people's families and communities, Guinness. But the English and the world market is fucking fair game. And I think they're going to do it. Seeing him work, he's honestly so inspiring. Connor's been amazing. I've had a couple of couple of interactions with him. Um, yeah, how'd you get on with Connor McGregor? Mate, honestly, at the AJ fight, what his videographer? I think it was on the cards that I was going to meet him, and his videographer said to me, he "Goes, well, you wait till uh, just like just me and him, not in front of anyone at a coffee shop." He goes, "You wait till he sees you. He'll go mad when he meets you. Like give you a hug and that." And I thought, "You just fucking winding me up." But no, he loves he loves your content. I thought, "Is this? Is he talking about Connor McGregor?" He's like, yeah, you wait. He's laughing at me going, you, you say, you fucking wait. So we're in a VVIP room at the, at the um, Joshua fight and he, Doug calls him over to me. It's all on my Instagram. It's pinned to the top. Just see the reaction. He just comes bowling over, hugs me and we had a, a long, long and articulate discussion about the drink, how good it was. And that's why I said to him, listen, I think this way this is going to work is 
how, how good the drink is. I mean, you could sell a bad product a lot of times with his reputation, but the reason you're going to sell 10 or 15 of them, for example, is if the product stacks it up. And that's it, and it does. I told him this, and he was, he was amazing, bro. Smart, witty, funny. And then get, get the camera turns on, and he turns into Conor McGregor, and everyone thinks he's off his nut, uh, which is sad, because he wasn't. He was, he was brilliant. And I, uh, I'm very grateful as well. First time we've been publicly backed by someone who carries that kind of weight. You know, it's not life-changing money, and nor nor should it be, but it's a great sort of certifi certification from someone. Say oh, we rate you, and we really respect what you're doing. So, hence why every video for the next twelve months, I'm wearing wearing my gear and wearing it proudly. Yeah, great for the portfolio. It's fucking brilliant, mate. And also meeting Conor McGregor, getting to share some time with him. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that when the cameras come on, oh, he explodes into a gorilla. Mm. Yeah. He wasn't like that when I was speaking to him. Ten seconds before, he was amazing. Yeah, he's clearly clever. But he has he has looked like he's... Was this When you met him, was it around the time... There was a period where he looked like he'd lost, he'd lost his way a bit. He was video camera off his tits, wasn't he? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That was about two months ago. I've Spe never seen someone turn up in an entourage like that before, by the way. That is special. Seeing him arrive, it's like fucking Jesus walks in. Mm. It was amazing. Full security team, the girls, the entourage. It was pretty, like, overwhelming. Like, wow, this guy's a megastar. He's and he's not, he's not particularly big, is he? It's not as small as you think. They really die it down. Well, they, they they make him look smaller than what he is. Yeah, he's a good size. He's not a small fella. He's got fucking huge hands. I'll tell you that now. They're like shovels. Yeah, you wouldn't want one land, no. landing on, no. your, on your jaw, would no. you? No, he's a good guy, mate. I really enjoyed it. And also, I don't have direct um, sort of communication with him. I'm working with his team. And just like I said a minute ago, seeing them operate is just amazing. The speed of which they put their content to market, their editing, the, the ideas, the the backing and things they've gone after with the matchroom stuff now, they've got a big deal with matchroom, the boxing, the fighting, the Katie Taylor fight in two weeks time. It's just ferocious. And I'm, I feel like I'm on this amazing tidal wave of attention that I would never have got otherwise. And through the back of that, we're now getting recognized for other content deals and operations with some really big names. I don't honestly don't think would have come without this nod from a big soon to be global brand. What other big names have contacted you or, or have you, have you had experiences with loads? Um, all of them for various things or you know there's a couple of big ones we're going after at the moment and talking to the, I won't say which ones in particular but the delivery platforms that for us is a, the most synergy we could get from any deal is the you know your Ubers your Deliveroo's your Just Eats etc that for us would be the, the king Conor McGregor obviously tops it didn't he yeah for sure he's done a bit of work with Eddie Hearn like, not say a bit of work like a div um, we've interviewed him once by camera asking some funny questions about food I think that's for us is the next stage in our journey I'd love to get some people interested people on camera with us to go out reviewing for the day but having someone inspiring with a story with a character who's done something or a familiar household name for us on camera would be great I'm not sure we've not done much of that up to this point but I think 2024 hold your seats I think we could have some fucking big names on our on Food Review Club That'd be great fun. Yeah, and it'd be humanise them too. Mm. So like, rather than the character you know from fighting or this or that, and say, what, what's your, um, go when you're feeling a bit like you need a pigment, what's your, um, mm. what's your go-to scran? Actually, I like my mum's fucking breakfast or this or that. I think humanising people would like, unlike a robot, which a lot of them are on telly or, you know, I think that'd be great. Seeing them with their guard down a little bit. Where do you go from here? I suppose now you, you're a multiple business owner, aren't you? Yeah. Um, my uh, aspirations for this, Always were in a weird way. It was never to be the match show. I, I've I've got a vision for this. Obviously, one day to get into some telly, some real hard hitting, big production stuff. I'd love that to be the case one day. But for now, in the short term, I want to create a foodie platform. Maybe not just with me. Like have time slots of other people on the on the roster, should we say, where we maybe 
buy them as a creator, bring them on board and me having a multitude of creators all putting out content for Food Review Club. Not the Matt Show. The, like a great channel, mm. if you love food, to turn up and know you're going to get a good a good set of content about it. whether it's cooking, barbecuing, travel content, like a, a good place for honest, good, honest, solid content. That's my goal. But finding the right people, obviously, that's the tough part. But let's see. I think you're built for it. I can see it. You're very... I mean, and how do you get to a stage where you're that comfortable behind the camera? Just just repetition, bro. That's it. Yeah, I think um, it's like sharpening a knife. Sharpen a knife for five years and it's going to be fucking pretty sharp by the end of it. And But the, the start was very blunt, but I've literally just been sharpening this knife, this sword, this knife, whatever you want to call it, for five years now. So I've, if you just try and make little, anyone that makes content or needs advice, if you just try and make get yourself 1% better each time, whether it's a thumbnail, a title an angle change, a microphone upgrade. These little percentages over a long period of time really, really stack up. And by the end of even 100 videos, if you just try and do one thing better each time, I think you can really make significant imp like improvements. Those little atomic little stacking habits, you know, like let's do this. Over the course of 3,000 reviews, my probably my sword does look pretty sharp. I've still got work to work to do, like, but yeah, that's how I feel confident now. But you see it in me at the beginning, bro. It's fucking the car crash. If anyone um walked past me in the street, I couldn't even look at the camera. I was looking left and right, and you know, my focus wasn't on what we were doing. And it's good, honest content as yeah. well. You're not putting anybody down, no. you're not uh you're not making enemies out there. There's enough for that in the world, bruv. I'm just trying to eat some good food and make someone uh, smile at home in their in their lounge or in their pants having a poo or something. That's where so most people seem to watch our content <laughs> in bed, in bed or on the toilet. Well, mate, when I contacted you that time and I was on my my fitness weight loss journey, yeah. he's like, I couldn't stop watching your content. I appreciate it, bro. Literally. You're doing it yourself, do You're inspiring people with your stuff as well. No sugar, no milk in your coffees, you're dancing. Um, all the gym stuff you're putting out, it's inspiring. I think people have been around the block, like maybe you can say we have. You get to a point where you've got to go, right, we need, we're not getting any younger here. Like, And I think being fit and healthy in your late 30s, 40s and 50s and 60s now is getting cool. If you see someone in shape mm. in, this, in this stage in life, I think around your 40-year-old mark, I think if you start um, letting it go, I think it's very difficult to get back. If you start letting it slip, then you start becoming nice. You're, you're done. But you see these guys that are putting in the gym, these 60 year olds with fucking pecs and stuff. That's, that's the way I want to go. Yeah, same as me. I've, I've always looked at older men on a beach. When I was a young guy, yeah. when I'd see a geezer in his 50s or 60s still in shape, I used to think, respect. That man has lived a disciplined life yeah. and he's not buckled. Yeah. And uh, being in shape is one of those things that how much money you've got cannot be bought. The only way you can build that bank account is with fucking sweat equity. Mm. And that comes with its whole another level of respect because you know that they've got, they're a disciplined individual that looks after themselves. They get up in the morning, whether they don't feel like it, get to the gym, pump the iron, go for the run, dance in your fucking patio like you do. Like, it's cool. And I, I really respect it. Like, especially at this stage of my life. <laughs> for us recently, I've, I've, my fitness posts, occasionally I can't do it all the time for the club, but I do, occasionally I'll share one from my lifting account. They do better than my food reviews, bro. I think people resonate more than that because they saw how fat I was. They saw how unhappy and unhealthy I was. And to, to turn it around, it's a fucking food review. He's eating fish chips all day. You know, it's if I can do it, there's hope for them at, at sitting at home too. Because I was in the worst physical possible shape I could have been in. Other than being like bed bound, which I, it, could, it could have easily been. Even the walking was hard. But what was it around the corner for me? Mm. Other than a stroke or an heart attack. Knee replacement, hip replacement. Ankles hurt, your fucking feet hurt. Like... Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. If I can do it, anyone can. And it's, I haven't tried to fucking move mountains. Where, like I said earlier, I've just literally monitored my calories, go for a little walk in the mornings. My first walk was small, and then every day you get a little bit more. It can be done. I'm walking proof, and so are you. And walking, the, the again, the power of walking. You haven't got to start breaking 5K records. Walking is the one, mate. Same. I agree. Walking is the one. Mm -hmm. yep. if, you're, if you can run, go and do it. I tried having a run. This mate, I thought, you know, I'm feeling fit. I go for a run. I lasted about three minutes. I thought this ain't for me. And I went home and my knees, my, my quads were killing. Obviously, it's my first time, but I thought, I'm going to stick to walking. I can do a good five or six K in an hour. Not even a hard walk, but it gets your heart rate in a spot where you're burning, you're burning calories. Fat burns on. Yeah. Before you're eating, do it fasted. Get some fresh air in your life. Sunlight before screen time. Get up, get out of the sun, go for a walk, stretch your legs, get your body moving, go and have a nice breakfast. You're off, bruv. You're off. You're, you're straight away, you've won the day. It's very hard to get injured when you walk. And it doesn't mean the world has to stop. When, no. you, when you're doing like a 5K run, you've got to focus on that shit. But it might if, write you off a couple of days too. And all, yeah, to completely. Yeah, you've got to recover. But exactly. walking, you can do it every day. And also, you can walk and talk. And motion creates emotion. You've got phone calls to make. Do it whilst you walk. No excuses. When I did that little three-minute run, I couldn't have done nothing. Oh, you couldn't have trusted me to operate a brush the next day. Mm. Walking you do it. Day in, day out, easy. Yeah. How many times are you training? So I'm trying to do fasted cardio every day. Um, and I train... Now, three or four times a week. So fasted cardio every day. What's that, 45 minutes, 60 minutes? If I can, on a Stairmaster, 20. But if I'm not able to get into the gym, I'll just go for my, I'll do my walk in the morning, take the dog, take the boy. I love it. Got a little route, which is exactly 5K. Takes you about an hour. Perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. Yeah. Getting that sunlight, getting that air in your fucking lungs too in the mornings is, is beautiful. Mm. You start really respecting those little things in life. I love it, mate. And I get home and I'm sweating too, by the way. I've, you know, by the end, if you get tired, get a little bit of a march on a little bit. Get, you get, set yourself going. Yeah, up the pace when yeah. you walk a little bit. Yeah, up the pace a little bit. You know, well. it's, not, it's not a marathon, but just, you know, push the pace a bit. And it, it does a job for me, bro. Are you doing full body or are you splitting the body? No, I do push-pull legs. And I've got two split rotations. So I've got two pushes, two pulls, two legs, and I mix it up. One's, like, one leg is hamstring focused, the other's quad focused. One back is like deadlifts and upper and whatever else. Yeah, it's... It's good. Give me your workout plan and, yeah, I'll, sure. and I'll give you mine because and they both work for us. For yeah. us. And all my compounds I do on my Instagram, which is pretty much the only thing I post, my squat, deadlift and bench. Strong. That's outside of my plan. So I do that on top. My coach does not tell me to do that. He advises against it. And I do that myself. So I do an hour or half an hour of compounds and then I'll do his workout. Is he trying to stop you from getting injured? Uh, maybe, but he's, he's trying to build muscle, lose fat, and that doesn't really fit into... His plan, but he knows I love it so much. He says, if you love it, crack on, bruv. Is he old school? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's good. Good fella, Jack. Shout out, Jack. Yeah. I say I train with Shadow when he when he come, come on the like podcast. Yeah. Oh, what name so, that is. What a man. It was awesome. We had such a good workout and he took it right back he to was, the old school. He was school. huge when he back in the day. Like monstrous. I think it was 19 stone. Wow, monstrous fella, right? Ripped muscle. Yeah, a ball of muscle. Yeah, so he, he put me through but my he knows paces. What he's doing. He does. Well, the thing is, if you think you've got five reps left in you, yeah. You'll get them five and then he'll tell you another 10. And you think, fucking hell, are you serious? And then you'll do them 10. Then you'll go, right, last five. <laughs> so he'll just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Very old school. And proof's in the pudding. All you've got to do is look at him. But my my my, uh, my compound stuff I've been doing, that's that's what's kept me at the gym. I found the love for it. I was so going to say, yeah, you... I just love it, mate. And, and you look like a powerlifter. Yeah, I enjoy it, bro. So honestly, it really gets my dick hard. Like, um... Do what makes you... Um... Could you imagine going to the gym <laughs> with your slap? Yeah. That's, that's, that's two erections in one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you get locked up before you know it. 
um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's kept me going. And my, my my coach said, look, if this is what you enjoy, go and do it. I think some people go to the gym and they think, right, I've got to do hour and a cross trainer, half hour on a row machine. You ain't sticking at that. You'll be three sessions in, you're like, fuck this, I'm not even going to bother going. You ain't going to get out of the car. Sometimes you just got to do things to make you happy. They make no sense whatsoever. Mm. You know, like, if it makes you happy, just do it. How does that feeling compare when you look like shit and you're getting your you're getting your little fixes from your packet of biscuits. How does that compare to how it feels after you've trained, oh, but you've 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 paid the rent? Yeah, that's uh, it's without question. I'll say it from my chest. Without question, the best feeling ever. Because mm. you feel proud of yourself. You've ticked a box. You've fucking you've done something you not necessarily wanted to do, and the buzz that natural high you, when you get out of the gym is like nothing else. It's, it, as a, someone who has partied a lot in his time, it's the only sort of buzz that lasts longer with absolutely no come down whatsoever. And it's addictive as hell because you've earned it. It's like you've done it yourself. And it's the it's most amazing feeling. And I'm actually, I actually think with so much more clarity, my brain can get a bit clouded sometimes. I think we all have that sort of cloud sometimes in your mind. After I train, I feel brilliant. Mm. Like the, the, the cloud clears and you can see clearly you're, you're energetic, you're energized for life and the rest of the day ahead of you. Brilliant. I wonder how many times or how many people have even consciously thought about this. The amount of times that you've driven to the gym mm. and you're sitting in the car and you stare into space for about 45 minutes yeah. before you've even trained because you've got up, you've looked at your phone before anything else, you've scrolled for 45 minutes, you've taken the best bit of energy that you had out of you already and given it to your phone screen. Yeah. You've then wandered about with the brain fog, yeah. caused by the artificial light. You know you've got to go to I've the gym. i never thought of it like that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's mate. True. If you don't start your day right, the whole day becomes a slog. Mm. So if the, the That's what I changed was my morning routine because the amount of times, by the time I got to the gym, I was already pre-exhausted because I'd fucking looked at the wrong stuff for too long. I'd thought about the wrong things. I didn't map my day out. I wasn't excited to be there. It was just part of the process. Whereas now, there's no sitting in the fucking... When I get to the gym, I can't wait to park to get in there <laughs> because I've, I've got up. I've, I've done a litre of water. I've put some sea salt in there. I've had a black coffee. I've wrote my gratitude list. I've wrote down a to-do list, what I'm going to do that day. The gym is part of it. Once I've done all that and I feel like the runway is clear, I think... Well, I can have a quick look at my phone now. Yeah. Then I'll do that. But that fucking, like, it's got, it's got to be phone last. Yeah. It's got to be, like, mental health, clarity first, yeah. phone last. And then it makes the whole training experience different because you're, you're not pre-exhausted, you're not cloudy, and you're going there with a, a purpose, isn't you? I think everyone falls into that trap. David Goggins said that he, uh, even him, the Mr. fucking who's going to carry the boats, mm. said that sometimes he'll look at his shoes for 45 minutes at home. Going, come on, mate, let's go for a run. In 45 minutes. Even David Goggins does it. So... When I heard that, I thought, wow, that is, I've been to the gym, not even got out of the car, bruv. Like, I'm just sitting, I'm not moving necessarily on my phone, like, just too embarrassed to even go in or not feeling it. Can't physically open the door to walk in. You know, at the gym I go to, there's a lot of coaches, it's one of those sort of, like, old school gyms, but everyone's, everyone's cool. Proper gym, innit? It's a proper gym. Everyone's cool, but they're all in good shape. I mean, you're out of shape and you feel like you're the, look like a pair at the beginning with the big old derby and, like, my t-shirt's not fitting right, your arms are baggy and my belly's tight. You think, God, oh, don't feel him at home here. It's easy to fall into that trap. I think and once you get over that, like when I heard him say that, I thought, yeah, man, everyone feels it the same. He's got, like you said, get in there. Don't look at your phone. Go and smash your ass out of it. We have to put a before and after picture of you up. Yeah, I'll send some. Because mega inspiring. And half the population are obese. They're unhappy. They're unfit. It's, you know, like in Austin Powers, you know, 
They eat because they're sad, but they're sad because they eat. Yeah. And that is the truth, because I've been there. That quick fix make, making you feel making you feel happy. But there's you wanna be looking for delayed gratification and extended happiness. Yeah. Now I'm in a position where I'm promoting great fast food or just food. Used to be fast food, now it's just great culinary magic. But I'm also trying to promote clean living and healthy like the balance, which mm. I think is the is actually the superpower trick here. Because you can go out and have a, a nice bit of food. But I also now 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 know that I have to balance that with six days a week mm. eating clean, and so it's a bit of a reward. Not like this daily occurrence eating just trash all the time. Every lunch break, going to your local chicken shop. So I, I, I'm trying to not promote ultra processed trashy foods anymore. Trying to find these little great spots. So yeah. I mean, I'm on, I'm in the balance that between the two now because I want to keep going. I want to keep. Obviously, it's very hard for me to, to get any sort of much leaner without a huge increase in cardio or something, which I'm which I'm trying to do. But I'm happy where I'm where I am. Again, you've got to think, if anyone out, if anyone watching this is struggling with their weight, you've got to look no further than Matt. Like, you are exposed mm. every single day of your life mm. to f- all kinds of food, predominantly, well, it certainly was predominantly junk, weren't it? Deep, deep fried. Sometimes it still is now, yeah. Yeah. It's like being an alcoholic, going to a bar every day to work. Yeah. You are, you've got it in front of you, under your nose, and you've still trained yourself to be disciplined enough to say, get in there. No. Do you know what the worst thing was to me is the sugary cans. I'm a sucker for a lilt or an iron brew. Mm. You know, a bit of fish and chips, and next you know, a few glugs of that. And you, over the course of the day, you might have had 10 cans. Mm. That's like, you do the maths on the on the sugar in 10 cans of not zero drinks, like the, the full the full leaded stuff. Yeah. That calorific, it's, that is just like diabetes. That's, that's stroke level stuff. It's my problem, the sugar. That's the, of all the thing, I've, I told you. I'm, I'm a, a sweet tooth. I'm a proud addict. And I've been, <laughs> I, I've been addicted to pretty much everything I've got involved in. And the one that is a the hardest to shake and the biggest addiction I've had, and, and the most, believe it or not, detrimental addiction I've had has been sugar. Yeah, for sure. Has been sugar. Forget drink and drugs and all the other things that I got obsessed with. The sugar really fucked me. Yeah, I uh, used to, the sugar, exactly the same. I used to, I got into a slippery slope of having a pudding or some type First. of pudding. No, with every <laughs> meal. Breakfast pud. Yeah, like a yogurt or something. And lunch would be a cup of chocolate bar or a cake. And then I'd have to have, like my day in the OCD thing wouldn't be complete if I didn't box off a pudding. And that's just like disastrous. Like some puddings are outrageous. Mm. If it's a cheesecake or fucking whatever it is, a cake's from a bakery, that's my kryptonite, Jesus Christ. Love a cake. Um, but I found I was doing it with every single meal. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. If I was had a sandwich, I'd have to have a chocolate bar after with a pack of crisps. Just like sugar is the most addictive thing ever. I could feel myself when I need it sometimes. Even talk, like little tingles. Even talking about it. Yeah. Gets me juicy what's your, what's your What's your poison? All of it, mate. All of it. Angel Delight. Oh, at, here at, we go. At, at, at the, cakes? At, at the, love cakes. Love, remember, remember the, the old uh, cheesecake? With like the uh, <laughs> like the coconut on the top, <laughs> not like you, not like a slice of cheesecake, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the cheesecake, the whole from, ones from the frozen from, section from the bakery. Oh yeah, yeah, those ones. Eccles cakes, I like. Remind me of Minan. What else do I like? They're the best though, right? You don't want to deprive yourself but at the same time as a fucking. No, nah, but I I have to do the 90 10. 90 percent, I've got to be good. Ten percent, yeah, yeah. behave like a fucking an, an animal. <laughs> but I've uh, I tell you what I've been doing at the moment because now it's got colder, and once. I treat this beverage like Pringles. Once I pop, I can't stop. So I'll go and buy. I now restrict myself to, to buying milk in two pint format. Two pints of full fat. It's got to be full fat milk. Yeah, you've got a full fat. I'm not into green and red top. Testosterone yep. damaging fucking nonsense. Yeah, fuck that. I want full fat milk. Basically, the full fat is all the good stuff. Yeah. And what I'm, what I'm doing now is of a night time, the cozy time. 
And I, and I, 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 I feel like this is getting intimate now. This bro. is getting deep. Yeah. Yeah, forget, for, for, forget all the other stuff. We're now, yeah. we're now talking about the. We're now romancing yeah. about oh, food. Oh, here we go, mate. And I trick. I say, just have one cup. And I'll show you the size of the cup in a minute. You'll be like, yeah, that's that's more like three cups in one. Yeah. I think don't drink all of the milk in one. It. I'm having hot milk and honey, Oof. mate. If you had hot milk and honey, I've had hot milk before with it, with cocoa powder and stuff. But yeah, I, mate. I've said something that you've not tried. No, yeah, yeah, never tried that, mate. I feel like I feel like I've I've helped you out here because this is a game changer. You may you may say fuck you for introducing <laughs> me to that because I'm now doing four pints of milk a night, hot milk and honey. It is fucking beautiful. And if you you can sprinkle a bit of cinnamon in there as well. Are you not eating drinking that? Sorry, of any any biscuits or anything. Just, you're just like going milk bareback. I like to go in raw, but mm. if there's once this is the problem. Once the hot milk and honey has entered my system. I'm now Game on. I'm now under the spell of sugar. <laughs> I then go back to the kitchen. <laughs> I then go back into the cupboards and then whatever I can find, mm. whatever biscuits, whatever bars are in there, anything sugary, I'm yeah. going through it to the point where I'm out, I've done everything and I now go in the freezer and I'm and I'm I'm picking out fucking ice lollies that have been in there for four years. Yeah. Yeah, once that yeah, sugar's in that. me. So I'm I'm game on all that. I'm like a uh, I'm like a pack lunch. Uh, snacker. Oh, really? I'm, I'd like to make a little cheese and ham sandwich. I'd love like a pack of crisps or pepperami and then like a little angel angel slice or a pack of biscuits. Froobs, give me the box. Just get the end, rip the whole thing off, just pour them in. Right, that's done. Next one, <laughs> what, what are we having? Jaffa cakes. Oh my God. Well, the thing is with Jaffa cakes as well, they sort of, they say always, they're only 99 calories of Jaffa cakes. Yeah. Like, yeah, we eat them by the packet. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Jaffa cakes are so underrated. Like, they're such an enjoyable eating experience because you've got a multitude of ways of eating them. Mm. You can take the orange off, you can take the chocolate off, you can take the sponge off and then nibble around the outside of the chocolate and then you can suck the orange. Each Jaffa cake is a wild experience in my opinion. What about a chocolate hobnob? Yeah, they're strong. Too, too strong to dunk though. Mm. You still I'm, a bit, I'm a big dunker. That's, un that's unbreakable. I want to have a bit of a game with my biscuit. That's to know, seeing where your your uh, your skill set is. And I just went to pull it out. Nothing worse than dunking and then forgetting I'm chatting and it falls in. You're like, fuck's sake, ruined. And everybody knows if you don't pull out in time, it yeah. can lead to all yeah. sorts of trouble. Yeah, you're getting yourself in trouble. Hmm. Yeah, always you, pull you out. You end up with yeah. a whole packet of biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some biscuits you didn't want. Like the fruit shorties. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever go back to bourbons? Yeah. Custard creams? Yeah, they're solid. Like the old they're classics. solid, yeah. Even a rich tea. Rich tea is a solid biscuit. Mm. Yeah. I could talk about that stuff all day long. Yeah, same. I, do, if I, I want to eat biscuits now. I don't, <laughs> what, 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 like ginger crunches, like the, the ones with the cream in the middle with the crunch on the outside. That's a, that's a really strong biscuit. Is that what, is it, is it called yeah, a crunch? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. But it's not too gingery. The cream carrot works with the ginger. That's the bollocks. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. I knew I was going to enjoy today with you, but I do want to ask, they were meant to be a dozen rapid questions, but because... They're predominantly food based, and when you start talking about food, my eyes light up. My eyes light up. <laughs> my ears prick up, and I don't, I don't want you to stop. Like, I fuck, yeah. I, can I just say one more time? Yeah. I fucking love food. Yeah, Isn't it the best? It is the best, and you describe it so beautifully. So, what's your favourite meal if you're eating it out? Done right, roast dinners. So right. a really top roast dinner needs to be good. So no, just any old roast dinner. A top end roast dinner out. You don't have to wash up, but you know you're going to get a good scran. I think a roast dinner is unbeatable. Tend to agree. You show me a better dinner than a good Christmas dinner is the ultimate roast dinner, by the way. Isn't that the best meal of the year? Bar none, facts. For me, yes. Christmas fucking dinner. Mm. Last glass of red, all the trimmings, everything you can want. Pile your plate up. No shame. Grab that last Yorkshire pudding and enjoy it with a smile on your face. Cheese and port after. Oh, everything. Basically, if you don't get gout, 
at some point over Christmas, you haven't done it right. Yeah. Facts. And <laughs> yeah. here we are promoting yeah, a yeah. healthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And what's your favourite meat with the roast? Oh, all of them. Oh, I'd, I'd have to have some sort of trio. Lamb, elite, beef, done right, great. Chicken, that's a, that's a good one. But I think pork for me as well is the most underrated meat. If you had going. to pick one roast meat, what would it be? If you had lamb, to pick lamb, one, lamb, same. Leg of lamb, easy. Same, same, That's same. Easy, easy, easy. But I'm quite open to a trio. Mm, same. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a feeling we're going to agree yeah. on all of the food questions. So, favourite meal when you bring it home? What's your favourite takeaway? Pizza. A good one. Fish and chips, maybe. Doesn't travel very well. Pizza, fish and chips, something like that. What are you saying? If I want to go and grab, get a takeaway and bring it home? Mm. No, sorry, Chinese. Yeah, Chinese. I understood the. I now understand the question. Bring it home, Chinese or Delong. Well, you used you used the term I was going to use about traveling well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm veering off now, but we have to. Be, you are food review man. Yeah, come on. So when we, you look at a, a Chinese versus an Indian. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, if I'm going out to a restaurant, there's nothing nicer than a fresh Indian. Yeah. With oh, the, with, without with, a question. With the breads <laughs> and all the sides, and you nailed it. With the spice, with a nice red wine. But it doesn't. But Indian doesn't travel as well as the no. Chinese. Because you're not getting the bread in its purest form. Mm. Also, having a couple of lagers with you, typically with your mates or something. A couple of curries, Bombay potatoes, the works it the best. Yeah, hundred percent. But a choice out of the two Chinese Indian to take away. Chinese. The Chinese travels better. Long. It travels the best. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. As you have your steak, medium rare. Medium rare. Yeah, always. Favorite cut? Ribeye, without question. It. It's just the best. On a taste, texture, everything, fillet obviously is smooth and supple and tender. It's not doesn't even taste the same as a ribeye. I had a sirloin. For, I've been eating ribeye for a long time now. I had a sirloin the other day. Didn't even, didn't like it, bro. It's just not got a flavour of the ribeye. Good ribeye, unbeatable. Fish and chips or pie and mash? Fish and chips, bro. You can't do that to me. Easy. I like do, pie and mash. Though. Big, I doff my cap to you, sir. That's the ultimate fast food order. Two seconds later, she's serving out the ultimate fast food, pie mash liquor. But fish and chips wins it for you. Yeah, well, that's not my thing, bruv. Mm. That's like my thing. If I weren't so health conscious now, mm. I would eat fish and chips every Friday without foul for the rest of my life. But again, if you find a good fish and chips, they don't, they end as oil heavy as the shit ones. They're really bad. If a fish and chips is cooked right, I don't think it's that bad. It's very light batter, like a quaver, not an oil soaked piece of disgusting bread wrapped around your fish. That is my worst nightmare. A good fish and chips, lovely. I ain't got an issue with eating that. A few less, a few less chips, concentrate on the fish, use a bit of crow sauce, don't eat all your chips. That can be done, bruv. So what's your typical, when you go to the fish and chip shop, what do you normally order for I, you? I ask for the biggest piece of fish they have in the entire shop. Mm. I want Moby fucking dick. I'll have a small portion of chips and a curry sauce, maybe a bread roll. That's it? Mm. Loads of vinegar. Vinegar is the key asset to good fish and chips. Bit of salt, but loads of vinegar. When I say, when you think you've done, done enough vinegar, keep going. Oh man, that's conservative. When mm. I go to the fish and chip shop. I don't fuck around, bruv. I, but no, I really don't fuck around. <laughs> I, 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 I order like I'm ill. <laughs> I want the Moby Dick. Do you? So I want the biggest cod. I want the largest chips. I want a steak and kidney pie. Do you? You go I, pie and everything. I want a saveloy and I want mushy peas and gravy. Wow. And I don't stop until it's gone. Really? Yeah. That's cool. I like that. But I'm into completing tasks. 
<laughs> You're taking this addiction thing real serious. And, and, I, and, I, don't, yeah. and I don't like to be beat. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll be banging trouble and it's still most, <laughs> most of it I'm left. mopping yourself down, sweating. Yeah. No, I, that's all I go for. I just want to get the, um, that's just the simple stuff. But, but mushy peas or curry sauce? Oh, curry sauce all day long. Who's your favourite celebrity chef? Gordon Ramsay. Love him. I think he's a geezer. You didn't hesitate. No, he's my guy, mate. He's my guy. Mm. I also like what he's done in the business and content world as well. Very respected. That often gets forgetten, forgotten, sorry, what he's done in the culinary world. Mm. Absolute G of the game. Straight talking, no nonsense chef. And then he's gone on to do what he's done outside of it. Respect the geezer. Love him. I'd love to sit down with Gordon Ramsay one day. It's going to happen. I think it will, yeah. He's in the DMs a couple of times. Yeah. I predict that you and Gordon Ramsay will it be side by side yeah. or head to head yeah. at some stage in, Bring it on. in the future. Favourite hangover food? Pizza. But I'm ashamed to say in the hangover state, the only one I can get off decent where I live is a Domino's, which is one of my worst pizzas. But that when you said hangover, I just went bang, I'm making the phone call. I sit on that little stupid wheel. They got the uh, delivery. Have you seen it? The robot saying it's in the oven. It's, it's uh, quality check out for delivery and I'm fucking like this large pizza Dr Pepper cookies the wedges the works wings chicken strips dippers kickers the whole works what do you have on the top what's your topping cheese just cheese are you a margarita man yeah it's the oh, best it's the purest form we're gonna put a load of spicy Italian meat on top and that's all you can taste maybe pepperoni I, I've been going for yeah now again we're agreeing I love a pizza yeah in fact there's good, an, good pizza's unbeatable. There's an Italian up the road from here, independent. They do the best pizzas cooked in front of you. And me and the missus go there and we both have the same. So we haven't got we haven't got to argue about, I want half <laughs> of that, you have half of this. We go double pepperoni with pineapple. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. What are you saying? Yeah, beautiful. Pineapple so pizza? The, what, so the pineapple, yeah, of course, mate. It's, it's not even up for debate. It's, it's, I've never trust someone who doesn't have pineapple pizza. Same. In fact, they're not welcome on the podcast. No, no, <laughs> no. Don't let them your kids. Um, the pineapple, I like pe pepperoni with honey. Hot, some sort of hot honey in there because you get that spice. We used to get that sweetness which balances out. It's exactly what pineapple does. It brings that fresh, fruity sweetness to the pineapple. Game changer. R rate it. Yeah, 100%. Rate it. It's a great shout. That's my favourite pizza. Double pepperoni with yeah. pineapple. It's not there for a joke. Pineapple the brings one. the sweetness. Chili oil. Yes, yeah. can, we, can we take a break? Yeah. <laughs> it's be one of the saddest wanks I've ever had. Uh, erections popped up again. <laughs> So if we're talking about junk food and hangover yeah. food, what's your favourite healthy option? Chicken and rice, steak and rice. And I would argue now in this current state, it's one of my favourite meals. I'd have a dirty great big ribeye with a nice portion of weighed out rice. Jasmine rice, a sticky stuff, bit of a Himalayan pink salt on top of it. Mm. Unbeatable. That, honestly, that doesn't even feel like a diet food. You say health food, that's, it's not. It's just food for me and I love that. That's what I'm eating 90% of the time. I've just thought of something that wasn't, wasn't even on my list. Chicken donut or lamb donut? Meat. Lamb. Fucking tasty, innit? The best. Fucking naughty, innit? Yeah, wicked. But again, we've been to some, I've been to like top of the tree with some of these places and I've experienced some lamb donut that would make your toes curl, mate. So I've got a warped view of it, but good lamb donut, you're off. Sticky toffee pudding or chocolate brownie? Neither are getting me going, to be honest, but chocolate brownie with good, loads of ice cream. Oh, in that case, favourite dessert? I've got about 10. Top three? Trifle. Oh, geezer. You know the sort of trifle I'm talking about and all, like the mate, proper stuff. Like the one my nan used to make. Yeah, that, that is that there. Bruv, there's no one, two or three. Show me your better dessert than that. 
It's the bollocks. Oh, I love trifles. Number one, it's your nans. Yeah. Number two, it's about that deep. Oh, I'm so glad you said yeah. trifle. You'll have a little man, piece of mandarin in there, sponge, bit of liquor in there as well, mm. the jelly, custard, cream on top. Nifty. If they don't have that on the menu, you can't get hold of it. Have some sort of crumble, like a mm. apple and blackcurrant or some sort of crumble with a good shortbread crumble with uh, cream or ice cream, depending on the day. That's my next question. Ice cream or custard? Depends what with. I don't think I can answer that, bruv. You can't put me under it like that. I can't, I can't commit. You, you've got to commit to one. Okay, custard. Same. You've got to my head, it's custard. It's one of them. Oh, I love custard. I love custard. If there's a banana on the side in the kitchen rotting away, and I know there's a, I know there's a can of custard. Yeah, in it goes. It's going down. Yeah, nice. McDonald's or Burger King? Mackey's. Burger King's trash. Worst one in the business. Oh, really? Yeah, awful. Favourite McDonald's burger? Double quarter pounder, probably. Or just a cheap double cheeseburger. Value for money, calories for value for money. I don't think you can beat a double cheeseburger. I always go for all three. Do you? Quarter pounder, Big Mac, my chicken sandwich without fail. I have to. Do you? I, I feel like I've shortchanged myself. Wait, do, you, do you get all the extra chips as well? Or do you, you just order them singly and then... Just singly. I'll have, I'll have chips as well, but I want I want all the burgers. You sound like you've got an appetite, bruv. Yeah. Can you put it down in any sort of speed too? Like I can eat like you wouldn't believe. Really? Yeah, it's I disgusting. I think we should do that one day. I, I, wait, you won't have to ask me twice. I've actually reviewed my own eating habits and I've sat there and I've looked at the missus and she's looking at me in amazement as well. Like it's yeah. impressive stuff. And I've said to her, if I was a spectator watching me eat, I would be fucking sickened. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pet eight, watching people shovel in as well. That's the... It's just, it's the, it's, uh, it's the amount I can consume. Yeah. But anything I love doing, I do it in abundance. So yeah, yeah you'll never catch me buying one burger from McDonald's. It's, <laughs> it's the menu. Yeah. Here we go. I already know the answer. KFC or Chicken George? Oh, Chicken George. Yeah, you can't. That's, that's you, I think you're doing KFC dirty there. Chicken George is the one, mate. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the goat. Proper, if you're watching this now and you're a fan of fried chicken, you've got to go to Chicken George. Started in Luton, now expanded, won all the awards in the world. Chris, big shout out to Chris. And everyone that knows Chris and his, his family history with fried chicken. They've forgotten more about fried chicken than most people know. Yeah, they're mango wings. They do. Mm. Mate. He comes from a chef background though, so he's bringing all of his chef knowledge to fried chicken. That's what gets me going the most. Yeah, went to Chicken George in Hitchin and there'd been a big build-up. Mm. A few of my mates that live around that way, you've got to come Chicken George, you've got to come Chicken George. There's been a five-year build-up. So I thought this better be fuck, this better be fucking special or that it's going to be one hell of an anti-climax. Proper crispy chicken, no grease, no oil, perfectly done. Yeah. You think, oh, it's only fried mm. chicken. How good could it be? Just go and have some. Yeah, it, di it, it didn't disappoint. So he's, I'll give you a bit of depth to this. He serves his breast. It's called a Chinese eighth, um, which is the full breast. No one serves that because you effectively, most people will cut it up three different ways and go, here's your breast. But they get three times the, the return on the breast. He doesn't do that. His breast is a full fried breast. No one does that. It doesn't even make commercial sense. He doesn't give a shit. They do so much turnover, mm. so much traps, so much uh, volume that he can cut those positive corners for us, the public. No one's doing that, bruv. He's, a, he's unique. Shout out Chicken George. Yeah, shout out Chicken George. I'm looking forward to going back. That's a shout. Yeah, I'll meet us. It's around the corner for me. Yeah, we'll meet up and go. What, what hitching? Yeah, half an hour, bruv. Sound. That's what um, we'll do. Final question. Go on. Favourite cheese? Cheese that gives you a mouth ulcer. Mm. Don't be giving me any of that plastic stuff. I want strong, pungent, like you, you, your face needs to make a, 
the little twitch when you eat it. <laughs> that's strong as fuck. I want the 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 uh, unsellable mature cheddar or something like that. Some sort of mad, really strong fucking cheese that you can equalise with a bit of chutney on a nice biscuit. That's the stuff. The bro. tangy crystals in there. Yeah, the crystals. Yeah, that mm. little. Ooh, you get feeling the back of your throat like ammonia. Yeah, it sounds like we've got the same taste in food. Yeah. So let's go and eat some. I think we should sign off on a bump. Have you ever done it with any guests before? Probably get Nick, but you better have a bump. Should we have a bump? Yeah. I think we should. There's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Not that sort of bump, lads. Fuck it. What do they think this is? I don't know if it'll come out properly. You might get, you might get this is a serious bump. It might be a serious bump. Uh, can we not key it? <laughs> you got any keys? <laughs> no, that's, that's too bad. There you go. Oh. <laughs> so this is your first taste of slap sauce. Do you, don't do that, no. Cheers. For the flavour to come in. You get a bit of heat at the end. How about that? Special gear, that, innit? What? You feel like different things going on there now, mm. yeah? Yeah. So you get sweetness, acidity. Now, it's warmth will build. Very subtle. It's you, our first bump, nice. You didn't warn me of that. I didn't know that bump was coming. So my... It's good, it's strong stuff That's though, right? fucking nice. That's yeah, coming want, with us to the restaurant. Now that, now that amplifies food, like we said. Honestly, wait till you have some food. It's, it's wicked. Do you know what? I, I was going to try and be clean this afternoon, but now I've had a bump. <laughs> that's it you're done now I've had a, now I've had a bump I'm going to order an eighth of it <laughs> lock myself in a room and wait to pull now, now, I've had a, now I've had a bump with a slap I'm going to have to order chips so I can have, yeah. have, a, have, yeah. a, have a proper dunk it's, um, it's a versatile sauce you can, you can have it a multitude of ways mm, I enjoyed that and I've enjoyed this thanks mate thank you for coming thanks very much it's an absolute honour yeah cheers brother let's go eat bosh <laughs>